Hey, cats and dogs, this is Gabe Noah, and uh, this is Profession Confession. We're back. So uh, very, very happy to be back fucking finally. Uh, can do in-person interviews again and all the stuff that we felt like we needed to do for the show. We also felt like we were way too spread thin and didn't like the quality of the, some of the episodes at the end. And looking back, <laughs> the quality on a lot of them was shitty. But uh, we were figuring all this stuff out, and, and now I think we... Um, we're ready to kind of deliver the episodes we hope to. So we expect to be putting out at least, you know, two to three a month just for the next couple months and then ramping our way up to weekly again as we build up a backlog. So we don't want to put out any weak shit. So I'm going to keep it, uh, keep it reasonable. But uh, any help you guys have uh, or can give us, I should say, like uh, sharing it, letting people know that we're back, we would appreciate that. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. Even if you just are privately happy for me, that's enough. Uh, but anyway, uh, this episode is with uh, a member of the uh, Army Honor Guard who was at the Pentagon on 9-11. Um, the interview speaks for itself. Um, and uh, enjoy the episode. Very happy to be back. Thanks for listening. And before we get to the show, I want to shout out our new sponsor, Cure Peer Collective. That's K-U-R-P-U-R collective.com. And uh, it's a CBD company, but they deal in the Delta 8 uh, variety. So for those of you not in the know, Delta 8 is THC, but it's legal. And um, so it's a it's an enhanced experience. And by enhanced, I mean you're supposed to take, like for the gummies. So they have gummies, tincture, flour, um, I took the gummies, and you're supposed to have one with a meal and then not take a second one for four hours. I took two immediately because I'm the Michael Jordan of drugs, and um, or I used to be, because <laughs> I was on another planet, like to where I had to go in a bathroom and like splash water on my face and look at myself in the mirror before I confronted my family. So, uh, that, so it works, um, but honestly. It's phenomenal. It is a phenomenal experience. Um, zero bullshit here. I, I as good as the best other stuff that's like it. Um, the gummies are really cheap. They're seven fifty for a bag of them. At least try those. If you don't like it, um, I will come to your house and you can punch me in the face. Or if you're a woman, you can grab my shoulders and knee me in the balls. And that's not a sexist thing. That's like an advantage because I respect women so much. Or even if you're gender fluid, you can drop to the splits and do the thing like the Jean-Claude Van Damme from Bloodsport where you punch me in the balls and then you hold your fist there and like grow like, ah! That's how much I believe in this product. So to get it, go to Cure Pure Collective. That's K-U-R, P-U-R, collective.com and make your purchase. They have all the third-party testing stuff there. They're extremely responsible with this stuff. This isn't just a low-key drug <laughs> company. It's all like their, their soup. You can see all the info there. You'll see it. But go, I recommend trying the tincture or the gummies personally. Uh, that's what I have the experience with. They are, again, phenomenal. Uh, put Procon in the box at checkout. Cure Pure Collective, K-U-R-P-U-R Collective. All right. Enjoy the episode. 
Fuck the NBC tone. Let's just play our music. There we go. Do you know where this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. I'm excited to be back. I gotta say, thanks thanks for living through such a traumatic moment so that I could be excited tonight on this show. <laughs> um, if there was a purpose to my life. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Yeah, that was the one, just for, for this moment. No, it's really um, I struggle being um, my intent. I know you a little bit now. So uh, my intent is like I want to fuck around and joke, but I'm trying to remind myself that this is a very serious topic. So Actually, just go, go ham. Okay, let's I do that. Because my first question right away is that these are like icebreakers that, that we're doing new stuff. And, and, and actually, I should say, for anyone watching, anyone joining us, um, feel free to um, share this or like. We haven't been we've been kind of dead for a while, so anything we can do to get the Facebook algorithm excited, um, we'd appreciate it. Comments, whatever. So, if while you're watching this, if you have a question uh, for my guest, um, then Brian Cavanaugh. Are we saying your last name? Well, just did. Should have got that clear Mater, beforehand. Mater, first try, clean. Yeah, yeah. Um, Flow state. You can ask ask questions to him. Um, Tevin will put them through at the time that it's appropriate. And uh, But otherwise, welcome to Profession Confession. I'm your host, Gabe Noah, and with me as always is uh, Carmelicious, hey, Kevin Pittman. it's been a while since I've been called that. It's been a long time since I called you that. <laughs> I think it all the time. But uh, you, should, you, you can put your face on screen, too, for God's sakes. Oh, I feel bad. He's in the back room producing the show now like he's supposed to. <laughs> but... Uh, no, we're we're psyched to be back. Um, we've been recording a few episodes, and uh, I met Brian here, and he has a story that that frankly was just super um, whatever. Like excited to have the opportunity to talk about this because it's something that I'm a I'm a conspiracy theory hobbyist. You know, like if I'm late at night. Kids are asleep. Like, I love fucking going down those holes. And I'm not an expert in the... I read a lot of the 9-11 conspiracies. Not so much the Pentagon aspect of it. So, I I read a little bit today. So, I've got a little bit of brush up on it. But but not a ton. But um, I suppose we should start with these icebreaker questions. First question coming right out of the gate. Um, how many people do you know? Like... Uh personally yeah <laughs> or how many have you met i mean how many have i met would be you know probably a uh, hundred thousand that's met. impressive that's very impressive okay. true or false uh, this city is just one great big pussy waiting to get fucked oh uh, true true okay true. I, I feel the same way yeah um what's the biggest pair of tits you've ever seen um she said she had. She said she had double 
them mainly like triple D's. Like, I mean, they were big, dude. Wow. <laughs> they were like real big natural. They were really, she was, I mean, she was only like 22, so it was okay. Did you see that when you were in the Pentagon? No. <laughs> I mean, there was that there. Shit, if they had that there, I would have gone like. Would have lightened up the mood. Oh, I mean, I would have signed up for another tour. Yeah, no doubt. What? Uh, so we'll get to it now. I feel like I know you completely. So what? What? Um, you were in the honor guard, which I'd never heard of until you told me this. I th- I honestly thought the honor guard was something for funerals. As well. It, okay, as well. As well. But you you're saying it's it's a elite or a somewhat elite branch of the army. Yeah, is that it's right? It's really difficult to get into. And then that's where, like, so that's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the Army Drill Team. Like, they march in the presidential, not like I march in the inaugurational parade. Okay. Um, it's Is it because you're around the national monuments, kind of? Yeah. Is, is, that, is that part well, of what the Honor Guard is? Yeah, to explain the whole thing, essentially, um, in short, if I can. Is, yeah. Is, so we had a, a three-part mission. The first mission, so the reason, so we're the Honor Guard, Washington's Army. It's the oldest regiment in the military. Uh, it was put there to protect Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, so that's what its first mission actually is, is an infantry regiment that is lean and mean and ready to retake Washington, D.C. if Russia attacked it tomorrow. Right. Or if there was an insurrection or right. anything. That'll never happen. If it didn't happen, with, <laughs> right, like, right it, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, um, so, and then to get in it, it's mostly test-taking type stuff, or is it like a Navy SEAL thing where you do the Hell Week kind of stuff? No, so, I mean, okay, so SEALs, Rangers, uh, Special Forces, right, those have um, their own, like, training programs, and those, and they are very difficult, mm-hmm. right? Rangers, they'll starve you to death. Like, I've done RIP, right? That's just basically like, hey, we're not going to eat for three weeks, Okay. Right? And yeah. We're, and we're going to run everywhere we go, and we're going to carry a lot of weight when we do it. Here right. Go. Yeah, yeah. None of it's going to be fun ever. Right. Right? For three yeah. weeks. You know, and then and then you actually go to ranger school, which is like 72 days, and it's even worse. Yeah. You know? uh, so, uh, like, that's not to say that the honor guard has that, that, man, that thing going on. Right. But in order to get into it, you know, as a young soldier, as a buck private, which is, you know, what makes up obviously most of the ranks of the military is actually mm-hmm. these young soldiers out of the, you know, basic training. Uh, in order to get into it from there, at the time, it was the highest PT standard. So you had to have the highest physical training standard. You could have a lower score and still make the Rangers and still make the SEALs and still make special forces. Funny a little bit yeah, more. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and still make special forces. Um, all the above. Yeah. Uh, so this one had a higher, you know, PT standard, but then also out of the gate. So like if you're accepted to any of those things, like if you go do RIP, you can get into Ranger School if you're selected. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not much like aptitude testing or any of that but for the honor guard you have to have a near perfect ASVAB score and specifically the part of the ASVAB that's actually testing like they call it the general technical score Mm -hmm. uh, but it's actually basically testing your IQ Um, and what it is is in that specific part of the ASVAB you test in the highest percentile like three percent or above so you guys are the navy seals of the mind Uh, well then you're so you're six foot tall 
Just roll you, you with got, the mind thing you, that I said. Yeah, but you're, you're six foot tall. You got yeah. a per- perfect PT score. Mm-hmm. And you're in the highest percentile of like top three to 1% of all the infantry. Okay. Were you an enthusiastic soldier? Like, like, why did you get in the military? Because I was an anarchist and I wanted to learn what the enemy was doing. Really? Yeah. So, like, I've been reading, like... When you were 18, you were that, like, calculated? Yeah, I've been reading, like, stuff like Sun Tzu, The Art of War, yeah. or whatever, right? Like, since I was, like, 16. And, uh... Um, the fuck happened to in you? In principle, I've probably, like, always been an anarchist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh... Well, so... Would you say a true anarchist? Like, like truly no rule of law, no, like... Or you want, like, communal... Well, no, okay, well, actually, so in in, yeah. in in philosophy and principle, I'm an anarchist. Okay. In practice, I'm a libertarian. So that means that, like, uh, in philosophy, you can't get an ought from an is, meaning, like, I want the world, right, like, to where everybody yeah. is intelligent enough and we could all live in an anarchist society. But right. we, do, we don't have that. And a bunch we're of not, fucking waterheads. And we're not, and we're not yeah. going to get that, right? And so then you move more towards, like, a libertarian society where, like, the least amount of laws... Yeah. Right. Is the best for all the people. Yeah. Right. And so like less laws means more freedom. Um, And so that's essentially like the direction that I go on that. But in like actual philosophy or whatever, I would say, you know, you go look at the recent events and all of that stuff that's been going on or whatever. When you have rules, police, laws, enforcers, people that make them or whatever, well, then all of a sudden, sometimes you have innocent people that die under the knee of the enforcers. And then we need to go riot about it and everything else. And it's like, that's never been something that I thought was working. Yeah, I, that's one of the least controversial things you can say. It's definitely not working. What um, Were you a well-adjusted kid in your in your estimation? Like, I mean, do you come from... No. Stable? No. no. Okay. No, yeah. So, like, you know, like, uh, you know, when you go look at, like, uh, what's funny is if you were to, like, one of the things that, you know, I, I provided you to bring up later, like, when yeah. you look up, like, what 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 causes, you know, PTSD or, or trauma or whatever, and then you look at it, like, in childhood, it's like, yeah, you can go down that list, and it's yeah. basically, like, a checklist you have the for whole my list. childhood. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have PTSD? So, we'll get to this later down the line, but do you consider that you that you had PTSD going in to the military? Um, yes and no. So yeah. uh, PTSD is basically like you have a traumatic event, and especially like at a young age or whatever, yeah. right? And so, again, if I've got everything on the list, it's yeah. like, all right, well, sweet. So, but I was, sweet. <laughs> I, was yeah. I was lucky enough where, and we'll talk about all this later, but I just like I went through a period of time in my life where I grew, and yeah. I was actually able to get beyond it. Before I even joined the military. Okay. So I actually already had kind of like a set of tools. Okay. Where um, when more traumatic things happened to me, I was at least able to deal with it in some sense. Right. Well, let, let's get to those traumatic things. Uh, fun. <laughs> no, that's fucking horrible. Way to, but like, so you were in the Pentagon on 9-11. Yeah. How long were you in the honor guard at that point like were you brand new to it had you been there a while no so um i joined the army like so as everybody was graduating in june mm-hmm. of that year um that was like right when i took off for basic no no no. in june i got out of basic and i was moving to the unit okay so i had like made the pt score everything else sweet you're accepted all right nice and so then you get a week or two where you get to go home and then i was there 
Um, so you were there like a month and a half or, or no, right no, no. So that was 2000 and then oh, 2000. Yeah. 2001 okay. was when this happened. So, uh, so I get there 2000. Um, I'm in for a while. Me, the wife, uh, my future wife, um, you know, we got married. She was pregnant and then nine 11 happened. So I was in for a year and a half. And then, so was the base very close to DC, I assume, or like yeah. in DC outside? Yeah. So now you're getting into like where I was saying it might be useful to have the map up just to kind sure. of give you an idea of what it is, but like even to just kind of lay it out right here. Like, uh, so if this is the Pentagon, yeah, there's a freeway right here, and then there's a huge berm, and then you have Arlington National Cemetery, which actually sits on a hill. Yep. And then on top of that hill, is Fort Myer, Virginia. It's about two and a half mile run from there okay. to there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that Fort Myer is where the Honor Guard is stationed. Okay. Um, and so that's where I was. How many people in the Honor Guard or, or in that base, I guess? Uh, uh, what do you guess? Like, I mean, is 1500 it 1500 or less okay. off of the top of my head? Okay. Yeah. It's a regiment of like six, eight companies to get on top of my head. If you know, I'm remembering 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is all knowledge. I would have had to have snap, snap. would have gotten in trouble if I didn't know all this stuff. Uh, but no, yeah. So it was about 1500 people, give or take. What were your daily duties then? Like, why were you at the Pentagon? Like, I mean, was that part of your daily regimen or one day a week you were at the pentagon uh, yeah i mean so day. just to like everybody's got their like where was i on 9 11 yeah yeah and that's probably the easiest way right yeah. to get to it so essentially um i actually had an appointment that day to get my wisdom teeth taken out so i didn't go to pt that morning i actually was like waiting in the day room and watching tv um, and I wa was watching like Twin Tower one was already hit and live right as I'm getting ready to roll out. My appointment was at like 930. Uh, so right as I'm getting ready to roll out the um, t Tower two, I watched that live on TV. Yeah. So then first sergeant comes back. So they come back from physical training or whatever. And he comes like in and he, you know, he's going down like, Hey, first sergeant, just curiosity. I was like, the, you know, this is happening right now. Yeah. I was like, should I go over to my appointment? He's like, Oh yeah, don't worry about it. I was like, all right. Cause oh, we really, were, it was like a lax attitude it, to it some was degree. at that moment in time. Cause yeah. he hadn't been sitting there watching it. So it was really, it was like, I probably seemed like a freak. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like if you had just been out, gone for a run, went and grabbed breakfast, coming back from the chow hall and you had no idea what was going on. And somebody just was like, Hey, look, you know, they're like, oh, no, 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 have a nice day. So I guess I just think like when I was, there, you know, where I was is I was hung over in my bed and this guy called who's sort of of a nut, nut of a guy or whatever. And he's like, like I answer the phone. He goes, Noah. The fucking Russians are bombing us. They fucking bombed the Twin Towers. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I turned on the TV and then I saw Tower 2 get hit. Like yeah. it was fucking, I mean, but I didn't think, oh, okay, I'm going to go to class. I immediately was like, what the fuck? Like it was so profound. Yeah. You, you know, like, I mean, to this day, I don't remember if I actually, I believe I saw the plane hit it live. But that that was so like I could have been watching a replay from oh, yeah, thirty minutes Everybody's later. seen like, the replay knows, a billion right? times. Right. I mean, the only reason I know I watched it live is because I know for sure I yeah. had to go to the appointment. Like I remember everything about it. Cause it's weird that and you, I feel like it was like nine thirty a.m. Yeah, so it's like weird. It and it was it was that was when the Pentagon got hit. I'm pretty sure. 
Or, and yeah. we have that timeline that that, uh, that Tevin can verify. Yeah, it was like something like you, the towers were before that, and then the Pentagon got hit somewhere around nine something. Because that was my point was at nine thirty. So anyway, so. Uh, so I, he's like, okay, it's fine. So I was supposed to get my wisdom teeth out, couldn't drive, got driven there, got dropped off, going and signing in at the clinic. The the building shakes, like the desk shakes as I'm signing in. The clinic is in the Pentagon? No, the Raider okay. Clinic. So again, to get like familiar with the layout. Yeah. Arlington National Cemetery, we're on the top of it. My barracks is over here, but then like two and a half miles down there on right. that post is the clinic. So I got dropped off at that clinic. Okay. And then the building shook there. And so people come running out of the rooms and stuff, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I was like, well, I watched on TV that they crashed airplanes into the the Twin Towers. I was like, I'm pretty sure that they just crashed an airplane into something in Washington, D.C. Um, and so I went outside the door. It was like that, you know, right the door yeah. was there. It was like, so I went outside the door, climbed up the lattice work on the side of the building, and because I was on top of the hill that looked down at, that was the section of the Pentagon that actually got hit. Mm-hmm. So, like, I went and climbed up the side of the building, and I was looking down at black smoke billowing out of the Pentagon. Right. Like, so then I was like, oh, shoot. Well, so I knew that we were prepped for deployment. So, basically, like, we were ready to go to uh, Joint Readiness Training center and that basically doing that you're like essentially like pretending to prepare for war well part of that you guys had a plan for that essentially what was uh, no no this was actually like to go like so jrtc is where the army pretends to fight itself okay so they basically they have like laser tag yeah right and so we were going to go participate in this training part of that is to be prepared for all of the things that go with that, which is basically having all your inoculations, signing your life and limb, all of that stuff, which basically made us the first people to pick to go to this deployment. So we were prepared for deployment. Okay. And then this thing happens. So anyway, so I'm at the clinic, the building shakes, they come out, I see it. So I go run, book, run, and we do this run every day, right? Yeah. So I go run back to the barracks. Nobody's there. I'm like, where is everybody? They're like, they're over in building 402, which is like a three or four store building or whatever. And uh, they're doing training. So I go running over there. They're kind of in the interior of the building. Now, people I know that were like in the barracks or anywhere else, like when the Pentagon got hit, like the windows shook. Okay. Right. So two some you know, miles away. Like yeah. That yeah. was how much force was there. Right. So like the, they could say and some people I told, like, I was like, dude, this is what happened. They were like, oh, that's why the window shut. So yeah. anyway, so I get over up into the building that they're in. And I'm like, and there are I, many people from that com- the company that will tell you like the first their first knowing 9-11 have was me running in there like we are under attack. It was like direct. Did you say that? Yeah. I was like, we are under attack. Like I had, was already knew. Was we your were. heart just fucking like, go- well, I mean, dude, you I had just been- wrong. I had just run like from the clinic to the barracks from the barracks back over to the other building up a couple flights of stairs right and in the thing and like i don't even remember i'm pretty sure it was like the lt from my platoon that was up there giving training that day i can't quite remember whoever it was i ran in there and i was like yo we need to get to the our barracks right now and we need to find out what's going on because we are under attack like was basically that was that and what is it so you know, I assume there's a CO in that. There's so many fucking acronyms and shit with military yeah, that's fine. people. So I'm yeah. sorry. So, well, you just because you have your company commander. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying when you burst in there and go, 
guys, we're under attack. You know, I would imagine typically it's in a way not your place to like to like interrupt and yell that kind of yeah. thing. Like, I mean, but does the CEO in that case go like, oh, oh no, that, like that road? Yeah, because like. I mean, me as a soldier, as crazy as I am, am was, yeah. and whatever. I mean, like you wouldn't have expected me to do that yeah. unless it was like really serious. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 how did your you know how did your leadership react in that case? Like, like I mean, did you see anyone looking kind of frozen or kind of? Well, everybody kind of looked at each other, yeah. and then we all like went went over to the barracks. But now, so within. <laughs> 15 minutes a half hour of that we're full battle rattle waiting for the buses to come pick us up to go do the thing right right you know but not to which so what's like i guess not interesting to me or curious like i would have thought it hits it hits a pentagon you see billowing black smoke and it's just i don't know where you guys all run at the pentagon or something like that but it's like i assume there's so much military there already in a sense that like you just know your role is that is that and how we it were goes? given it pretty much exactly. Right. So, I mean, like, so obviously when it happened, right, it was that moment of panic. It's like, ah, shit. Well, the Pentagon's, like, through Arlington National Cemetery from where I was. And instead, obviously, you need to go get command, right? Like, yeah. Like, that's what you have right. to do. There was nothing I could do going and running two and a half miles. You're not going to go save everyone. Save anyone right. or whatever, right? Right. Like, no, no. That's what the military is, right? That's like, it, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if anybody should have had it, we should have had it right at that moment, right there. Yeah. At that place especially. Right. It's the Pentagon. I mean, that's yeah. what what it is. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, no. So I went back to the command post. We so that was the other thing about like, again, we were prepped for deployment. So we already had full battery out. Our rucksacks are ready. We already had everything. I can't remember if they issued us weapons or not. It doesn't really matter. Maybe the first that night. That matters. You need weapons. Maybe the first night yeah, they did. Well, they'd already matters. had it pretty well secured by the time we got there. What's that? Sure. Oh, no. He was just saying, yeah. Uh, yeah, it matters. Or I guess I I just assumed you guys had them all the time, kind of. No. Um, no, they're issued from whatever. Like, you only take them when you need them. Yeah. You know, so it was uh, the lawn was secured. So we went there and we were like on the freeway area, became the staging area, obviously, because you can pull vehicles in and out there or whatever. Yeah. So they just made a serpentine and then that became the staging area. That was where okay. we slept the first night was out on the road. Really? Yeah. You're um, like, hey, our base is just right over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. It was right. like that went on. So, okay. So we're skipping a little bit ahead. So we get to the. Well, ba- actually, oh, I'm sorry to, to cut in, but. I'm I'm curious what the mood was like, you know, when you're when you have that thing where you're like, we got attacked right now, because I mean, I remember I was just there's that fucking just disbelief that this happened because that had never happened in our country before on that scale that made you just, you know, kind of like I was a news guy like I like I paid attention to shit, but it was so fucking cognitive dissonance kind of that that were you guys immediately in a mode of like. Did you feel fear? Did you feel like, come on, like, we got to get these fuckers? Were you aware? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, did you feel like going into battle, like, rah-rah? Or did you feel like, geez, what the fuck is going on here? This is freaky? I mean, what, you know, what was your headspace? And well, what so, was the general platoon's headspace? Yeah, I mean, so, like, right as that's going on, right in that moment, it was... Everybody just found out about it. We get over to the barracks. So you're talking within a half hour, yeah. we have... 
gone from one building to the other. Everybody's collected all their gear. Now we're sitting out waiting on the front of the barracks for the buses to come pick us up. We get on the buses and then we go down to the like the border of Arlington National Cemetery where the big berm is. And we actually went and picked up plane parts from over there. Oh, really? Yeah, they had blown, blasted that far. Like, I mean, because they're just made out of foam, styrofoam. So when the plane hit the Pentagon, it, like, was a reinforced concrete building, right? But it was, like, a bomb made, like, a lot of times, like, so if you you wanted to make an effective bomb, you would make it with, like, shards of nails or whatever. Well, this wasn't a real bomb. It was just made out of styrofoam, flies through the air. Yeah, yeah. Right? So a lot of those parts ended up over in Arlington National Cemetery, and they were still running missions and all of that over there. So I have friends and other companies we weren't on that was another reason why we were the first ones to go we weren't wearing our blues we weren't on missions out in the cemetery we weren't doing that we were actually in our field training right week, right and that was what they were doing was that's why you guys got plucked to do field, that okay right? who told you to pick up the shit from the airplane just because you know you think of that as like a crime scene right that that in a sense at that point i can also see them going don't touch anything. We're trying to. Well, they treated out what everything short of there. Okay, so the first thing that no matter what they're gonna do is like public relations. Yeah. Right. So like, kind of not damn the investigation, but like, we'll worry about that portion of yeah. the investigation. Maybe at some other point in time. Like yeah. what they did. The, what they did instead of worrying about where every single piece of debris was and flagging it. You know, like yeah. in an investigation, they probably just took all of that debris and put it in one pile and yeah. said that was where it came from. Right. Right. Yeah. And just because like you so you have people that are out there for funerals, full honors funerals to, you know, and these were going it's on an enormous cemetery. Yeah, with Yeah. yeah constant yeah, action. Yeah. Okay. Well, and how just a Arlington National works is like so the whole the stuff that's closest to the chapel is all filled. That's all the oldest. stuff, mm-hmm. Right. So you're all the way down by the Pentagon is where the new, you know, they call that like, it's like section 66, right? It's mm-hmm. like the farthest away from home. So when you got it, when you're in the marching platoon, you got to march chapel to 66, two and a half mile march four times a day. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know it really yeah. good. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what, um, so did someone say get, because I'm trying to think of like the timeline and when we knew shit, because, you know, I definitely remember coming over the news and going, uh, you know, Wolf Blitzer saying we have reports of a you know of a plane hitting the Pentagon kind of stuff, but just information. I also remember them saying that there were possible planes hitting in Seattle, planes hitting. You know, like it was fucking all over the place. Like just info was so fucking crazy in those moments. And I'm wondering for you guys, are you on a complete need to know? Like, how did info come to you? You know, oh, yeah, are there soldiers with radios or, yeah, it was or just, anything? It was one piece at a time. It's like we're boarding the buses. We're going to pick up debris. All right. We're done with that thing. I mean, that's how all operations, orders, and missions sure. are. So, like, your commanders, they have the five-page operation order, 20-page operation order, but you get to see, like, a portion of page one. Right. Right. Like, uh, like you get your little piece of it. So like they'll give you uh they'll disseminate the main piece of the mission to the platoon. And then if you have a specialized task for your squad, your person, your whatever, then they're going to give you that and they'll assign you to that. And that's it. It's all compartmentalized. So is it 
maybe I struggle with it because I'm such a fucking, uh, I'm my mother's son. I'm like a gossip and I always want to know what's going Like, aren't you, wasn't curiosity just, or the need for information just overwhelming at that point? Like, what the fuck is going on? What has happened here? Or like, well, yeah, or, so or you, you just have that have, part of being a soldier. Well, you have that reaction, but yeah. you, so it's easier if you're watching it on TV to yeah. stop and think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when you're going, when you're full battle rattle and you are walking towards that disaster, yeah, there's nothing else that you're thinking about other than like the like surviving, doing in your job, this moment, doing this job right now, you know, nothing else. Were you walking or like was the feeling? After that crash and after you guys are picking up that stuff, I mean, are you still kind of like watching the sky? Like, I mean, did you feel settled? 100%. No. So, so the plane's flight path, I mean, took it over where like people, you know, obviously we sit up right above it. So people I know saw the flight pattern of the plane. They were like, yo, that thing's flying way low. Now they were on such a place that they couldn't actually see it be down low and hit the Pentagon. Right. But they could see the plane doing weird shit flying low and being like up over here. Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing was, the real problem was, was we didn't know if it had nuclear, biological, chemical, anything, payload, right? Right. So what if they had snuck something, anything else on there? You know, we didn't know um, if if there was other secondary attacks, and that's actually, like, the whole thing of, like, if you were to plot a terrorist attack and you were to really do it smartly, what you would actually do is you would have, like, one thing go happen, and then you're, like, big, yeah, yeah, your next big thing, like, would be whatever. And so we never knew if that what it was. So, like, but being there, again, a little further answer the question. So the time that I lived in D.C., it was 9-11, the D.C. sniper, and the anthrax scare. Oh, shit. All that happened while yes, we lived there. Yes, the DC sniper was fucking wild, too. Yeah, like, this, that was just well, So bananas. we lived up the street from the grocery store that was, like, one of the first places that he killed somebody. And that's, like, where my wife go grocery shopping every right? day. Yeah, it's bad. That dude, yeah, man. It was Holy crazy. shit. I fucking forgot about that. And they yeah. caught him. He had a custom-made car yeah, they, where they, he was sitting dude, in the yeah, back. Yeah, no, and they, they shut down the entire, like, imagine here if they shut down 494, 694, 94, like, literally every single car doesn't move. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Um, So, okay, so, it, the, okay, uh, go ahead, Devin. Oh, and I was just going to say, so because you were talking about kind of how um, you guys, it was just kind of business as usual almost, as you guys didn't really... We're just doing your job, picking up things off. The th- Were your commanders acting any differently? Were, could you tell the stress in their actions as they're kind of getting information live and not knowing really what's going on, or were they kind of status quo even keel? No, so for if you're in a command position, this that made you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. we're so just we pussies who aren't in the military, we so had, we're not. Well, we had. It's hard for well, us to understand. Yeah, we hadn't gone to war. Yeah. Uh, in a long time. The closest yeah. that any per person that I knew that was in any type of command position. So, like, a captain is too young to have been to Iraq. Yeah. Right? But, like, a E6 or a E7. So, like, a squad leader, if he's, like, a, sh- a crappy squad leader and hasn't made rank or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, a, a, a platoon sergeant. Yeah. They would have been to Iraq at least. 
uh-huh. right? So they might have at least a combat infantry badge. Right. But this right here was like, you know, that's your chance. Like, oh, you know, medals and commendations and all that stuff's coming up. Yeah. And we, unfortunately, like my platoon specifically, so first platoon, first to fight, is always how it's going to work, right? Like everything just goes in alphanumeric order, mm-hmm. right? So it's basically like, okay, well, so it's Alpha Company, then Bravo Company, you know, okay. whatever. First platoon, first squad, yeah. second squad, first platoon, and then all the way down. That's how it's always going to work. So first platoon had a turd LT. He had failed a PT test. Now, to fail a PT test where I had to have a perfect PT score to get in there. Yeah. And he's my commanding whatever, right? Like, yeah, get out of here on that. So (laughs) he got skipped over for rank. He was stuck with us for longer than he was. Usually you're only a butter bar for six months. He was there like for a year and a half as a butter bar. And so he didn't make rank. Butter bar doesn't was, sound flattering. Yeah, no. I mean, I'll say what? What is a butter bar? A second for the, lieutenant, okay. like a brand new, a brand new second lieutenant guy. So like the problem with them is not that you, you know. The problem with them is is they don't know much more than a buck private because they're brand new to the whole thing. But they're put in a position of leadership over thirty people. Right. Frag that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, dude, I watched those people do some we just stupid that other podcast. shit. Yeah, yeah. Stupid shit. I bet other, like, uh, whatever, like, military-type guys in those elite units where they, they have very openly hinted at uh, at taking care of, like, like civilian COs who are... Um, right, out, shitting themselves. Who are, like, out of their depth. Fra- yeah. Oh, fratricide. Well, yeah, it, it, for your own survival. Yes. No, That that's exactly Where how they put it. Like, that's... they're fucking putting us in the worst position possible. Absolutely guy's a fucking moron. Yeah. yeah. And when yeah. you say they did stupid shit as, like, a buck pilot, is there anything that sticks buck out? Private. Buck private. Buck private. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Is there anything that sticks out that uh, you're like, this just takes the cake? This is an idiot of the week. Uh, I mean, actually, so I've been sitting here kind of rolling over, like, in my mind, like, one specific, like, thing. <laughs> so uh, this was a different joint readiness training. So there was the one that we were talking about that we were doing prior to 9-11. And then that one actually got canceled kind of around 9-11. So then we went to another one. And uh, we – I got tasked with a different platoon. So I th- so because – okay, so we're kind of going off on two squirrel chases. So first, you had a fir- your first question about – like leadership, like not knowing or acting weird. Yeah. So what our leader did was because he had failed that PT test and because he was skipped over for rank and whatever, was he basically was the first to volunteer for everything that required any volunteering for. So first <laughs> yeah. platoon was the first to go in that piece of shit building. And you guys all get volunteered shit. along with him. And, right? and ever, everything. I mean, dude, they were trying to pull us out of there. So we're supposed to do there's three, four platoons. We're supposed to do shifts in there. It's 12 hours. So I'm only supposed to maybe be in there for two or three times. No, 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 man. Like Lieutenant Cunningham and you piece of shit. Yeah. Lieutenant Cunningham went and did it, dude. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, so like, yeah, no, I just kept us in there. Just like kept going. Like I remember one of the, one of my buddies, he's like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I'm sitting right there in the front and the CO comes in and and he's like, you know, hey, we can go leave. And Lieutenant Cunningham literally dived face first into another piece of rubble and started pulling shit out like he wanted to keep getting after it. 
Like, yeah. What, so, <laughs> what? What? So, okay. One of the things you said is that there, which, of course, I remember even early in the 9-11 and the New York shit, them being, like, you know, news reports saying they're worried about various shit, dirty bomb stuff or all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. When did you become aware when you're around all this and you see the smoke billowing and whatever, like, hey, there could maybe be, like, some fucking nerve agent here or something. Like, like were the you moment, aware of that right we away? Were already, yeah, because we were already, so you're Were trained. you in gas masks or? No, see, so well, and that's not where you're starting to really get into the day, right? Yeah. So, like, you're trained for nuclear, biological, chemical training. Okay. We already had that and a lot of it. Obviously being prepped for deployment. Yeah. Right. So it was like a lot of that training went with what we were going to go do. Um, so we had a real good idea of the fact that like, again, any of those things could have been in play agents used, whatever. And, you know, so you do an event like nine 11, you draw not only first responders, but everybody else that's drawn to the event. And then now you do something like a dirty bomber or whatever. And then the whole city's gone and all right. of the, the soldiers and everybody else. So, um, yeah, so that was, it was a, definitely a concern. It was definitely something that we were all aware of and, yeah. but you weren't gas masked up or anything like well, that. Well, no. So now you're getting into like, again, so, okay. uh, where were you on nine 11? All right. So we get, so you just picked up plane parts, yeah, picked kinda. up plane parts there. Now we go over to lawn of the Pentagon. Now, uh, first, first platoon is just waiting to go in. Um, they were putting out like the last of the fires to make it safe enough for us to go in there. So now we're kind of looking around at each other and it's like, well, what are we wearing for protective stuff? Well, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, that pro mask that you got there, that's actually from like the 1940s or 60s or whatever. And definitely nothing in it works. That's, oh, sorry. Oh, that's That's for training purposes anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so for training purposes, right? So we're not using our pro masks. Okay. So what do we get? So then the first people that were already in there that came out. So this is, they were in there. And the reason that they're coming out is because they were in there like fighting the fire with smoke. So then we go take these masks that have already been used for half hour, hour, whatever. And then we get that for, and then we are now we can go in there because the fire is like reasonably out. You just share masks? Am I understanding that right? That's it. So we go, so I get a used gross. mask. And it isn't right. even it isn't no, even the gross. right kind. So like the mask you're supposed to have is like, right, like yeah. all the way around your face. So we're talking like uh, on fire construction. And this is something that was definitely, I'm sure parts of it were built in the asbestos area. That's what I was going to, exactly what I was going to say. Right. We didn't talk about none of that. Right. You know? So, but like. So, a tube sock with some dryer sheets shoved in it and wrapped it was, around your mouth. It was bad. So, yeah. but. So I'm wearing my basic training issue, BDUs, boots. I got my basic training issue. So this is like the stuff that I got a year and a half ago in basic. And this is stuff that you basically never use. Yeah. It all just sits in your A bag. So like leather gloves, leather gloves. So I'm in here with like a 3M mask that definitely has been used and shouldn't continue being used. Yeah. And uh, leather gloves and like whatever you wore that day, like never got worn again. Some yeah. dudes try to like keep it maybe as like a keepsake or whatever. I was like, I don't ever want to look or smell or see that pair of boots or yeah. that pair of gloves or that outfit ever again. Yeah. You know, when you came up and uh, I know we've got some pictures of it that you sent uh, that that Tevin, if you could put some up 
somewhat soon or whatever or whatever whenever you can what, let me know what pictures do you want uh there's the web browser thing of the 27 pictures from from that day just to look at the pentagon and stuff like that yeah right there so a couple of these just because i you know um i watched a lot of 9-11 shit and i hadn't seen a lot of the pentagon pictures it seems like uh, we talked a little bit before that it seems like initially they fucking I don't know if it's because it's the Pentagon. It's the center of our defenses, so they just don't want to show anything about it. But That's exactly why. Yeah, yeah. But the, um, let's see, like, Tevin, if you go down, it just shows, like, the Pentagon itself. If you just keep scrolling. Right there. Like, like that shit. So when you see the first thing, it's like, it's a hole, you know, kind of like a, like, it looks like a hole that it burrowed through. And then it goes to that where it, where it collapsed. Did the water collapse that like when you came up on it, was it open like that or was it more of the. No, it was always like that. So that's oh, the, was we- the whole time. Yeah. That's the weird thing about like all the conspiracy theory stuff uh-huh. is like, it's really hard to find the exact moment that they were taking all of their pictures. Cause pretty much everything after, right. Like, so they're still spraying water on that. Yeah. So that is still from the exterior. So that's still actually before I went and walked in there. Okay. So that's early, 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 early. And then, yeah. Tevin, you can keep scrolling down a little bit. There's some more pictures of that if you don't mind. So that, like, that that looks like a very early thing. Yeah. I'll say, and then, too, because, and obviously it probably depends on what time you they took the picture, but I remember being, like, a kid and I was very into the conspiracy theories around 9-11 and the Pentagon. You'd see pictures of, like, a completely burned building and then one desk that wasn't burned did you see any like anomalies that in pictures or people trying to say it's a conspiracy that you're like well no that's not even close to how it was so having held all of that in my hands right like so when you're kind of looking at these pictures you can get an idea what's that picture right there so that's actually further in so there's like five rings of the pentagon a lot of people think it's just like one building right but there's actually five rings and so that's like that right there, the nose of the plane, the fuselage area where the captain sits, that's the most reinforced section of the airplane. And so that penetrated all the way to the fifth ring. And that's what oh, you're really? looking at. That's, all the way to the center? That's what you're looking at right there is the fifth ring where the fuselage had had been just strong enough to actually make it all the way through. Huh. And then the, uh, and it says in the caption there too, that, that, Basically, the airplane stopped stopped responding to them, and then the last thing that they said, uh, Reagan Airport told them that they're coming your way, and that was it. Yeah, nine yeah. nine thirty something or whatever. Yeah, yeah I told yeah. you that was right around the time we were talking earlier. Right, and that's the fifth ring right there too. This yeah. is for people listening to the podcast. You can go to our Facebook page and uh, on the live stream, which we're gonna try to live stream as many of these as we can, but uh, we have pictures up of it, so. And we'll post some of them on the show page, too, so you can kind of see what we're looking at. But, uh, yeah, all right, thanks, Seven. So um, going back to that. So, okay, so now now you're at the Pentagon. You're wearing gear that is absolutely not up to snuff, and they're telling you, you know, to go in. Where are you going in? What are you doing? Like, like I guess, how long after the incident was it before you were in the building, would you say? Early, before like, noon. Okay. Okay. Within a couple hours, something probably like eleven thirty. Okay. And 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 what was your first job? What like what did they tell you 
when yeah. you're going in. Okay, so just like walk through it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so first thing they did was they wanted to obviously test people to see if they were gonna freak the fuck out. Oh really? Yeah. So what we did, what they did was as we were walking there, like so to get inside of it, they had actually blown a hole. So you have that damaged section of the Pentagon if you mm -hmm. went up a little bit further. So like the part that collapsed, right? We couldn't enter anywhere near there. So sure. over on that left hand Unsafe. side over yeah. there was like they made a they made a hole, right? They blew a, a hole in the concrete, and that was where we entered it. Really? Yeah. And that was what we where we started because like all that collapse stuff on the right hand side too unstable. That was collapsed totally unstable. So they sent other platoons to go secure those floors, the second floor, third floor, and make sure people didn't walk off the edge or okay. whatever. And then uh, they sent first platoon on into that hole over there. So the first thing, man, I mean, like soon as you walk in the door, the first thing they did was they had left a foot there. Like a like that was definitely left a human there. foot, so, a human foot. Yeah. So like I don't know they why had, I said human foot. Yeah. But so yeah. They, they had started to kind of clear out basically a path just wide enough to walk through. Like if you've ever seen like hoarders or been to a hoarder's house mm -hmm. and they got that little path just to be able to walk yes. through. But then like the pile of the mountain of rubble, that was basically what it was. So the first like, say, 25 feet, you're walking in there, you know, it's like they left a clearly I mean like for sure it was like a decapitated human foot and they left it sitting right next you to you believe that, that they did that trail. on guaranteed, purpose for sure because guaranteed because three people turned around right away really oh yeah uh, you know so like that's crazy to think that they actually did like you know i mean i i, mean, I believe you i don't that it's possible I, I didn't i wasn't the guy that said of hey, course let's do that to freak people out and i don't know that that was a standard <laughs> operating procedure or whatever right but like there is no way that stoner the that's the greatest way to do it hey man let's fucking freak people out yeah man i got an yeah. idea bro yeah yeah no so that was like the first thing they did was that and so then like i said man you watch people turn around right away and the whole thing was was like it was chain gang you know they couldn't even get equipment in there so we were in there like like when i said earlier like lieutenant cunningham would just go dig into a jump into a pile right right well, it was like that it was like go jump into a pile start digging through it and chain gang it out so there were guys like, that were cool being like all literally the way out standing the man to man going like yeah a and passing it out passing like that. it out like that one piece that's of fucking time. crazy and that that was like the first bit of it was in that was just to get it clear enough to be able to start getting boldo you know whatever yeah. cats and all that shit in there but they had to at least get it like to that level first and what was that so you had never been in war to that point right no You're young as hell yeah, yeah there's no reason yeah, you yeah. would have so i mean technically that was america being attacked on its own soil it was an act, yeah. of, act of war yeah if you were no doubt way. but but before that before that no. you hadn't been in anything yeah. so so there's no reason that you'd seen a human foot um, decapitated before that. You've seen a human foot, I'm sure. Well, I mean, yeah. like, so, you know, we were talking a little bit about, like, you when you were younger Fucked or whatever, or, yeah. right? So, like, I mean, I was, like, a bro, you know, bridge and tunnel kid. So, you know, like, bum life, whatever. So, I mean, I've seen some stuff by the tracks and had some You were a bridge and tunnel kid? Like, like actually, like, yeah, living? Like I've, I've done some stuff, man. Oh, I've man, we got to do another podcast yeah, about that. I'm, like, do you, like... Like on the rails kind of shit. I mean, so I dabbled, right? Okay. Like I did, I'm I did, I did graffiti and just like hung out in the places, man. So like, so all, all that, all the stuff out here that's nice now, like, uh, like the the gold medal flower mm -hmm. and all that. Like, man, I saw wild shit in the gold medal flower. Like, you right? Know, like, like, like clearly, like, uh, like rotted, like bum 
bodies and corpses. No eggs. shit. Yeah, dead, yeah, dead people and shit. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I saw Bum sleeping once. But, yeah, no, I, I can't. And I thought he was dead, but he was alive. <laughs> no, no, go go do graffiti in dark places, and you'll see some dark shit. I'll bet. Fuck yeah, I'll bet. God, I have no stomach for that shit anymore. I'd be such a pussy now. What? What? Um, wow. So when you're walking in there, what is your? I, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like where your headspace was. Were you? Was it? Were you afraid? Were you hyper alert or like? Did you really feel for the people that were possibly in there where, like, that's all you're thinking about saving them? Or are you thinking of saving yourself, too? Well, so one of the first things that they told us, so we were not a search and rescue right. operation. We were a search and recovery operation, which means they told us before we went in there, everybody's dead. Really? Yeah. Because we, we they got, thought the flash got, of heat is so hot. Well, that, and we got all the live, you know, people out of there. We, okay. uh, you know, identified everybody that was in that section, whatever. Oh, like, you know, the I suppose. firefighters had cleared it out enough by the time we got in there within a couple hours to know that there were no more live people or nearly live people that right. anything that was left in that section was dead. Yeah. So we were searching recovery. So we were made aware of that before we went in. And uh, like I said, they left a little, you know, foot thing there. Oh, yeah. We weren't doing our our K-Pots, like our Kevlar helmets. They actually gave us, like, cheap 3M construction helmets. And then, like, uh, the first. Why? Because just, just everything so was absurd. horrible. They were right. 3M, cheap 3M masks and cheap 3M construction helmets. And then, like, my leather gloves and, like, everything was just horrible. Right. So uh, you're pretty much just a guy standing at the Pentagon. Like it. when you think of the military, like yeah. you'd think you'd have all this gear. But yeah, yeah, here's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like I like to, I like to say, like, imagine hell. Yeah. And then imagine someone crashed a plane into it. And yeah. And imagine someone asked you to clean it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like basically what right. happened that day. And and a lot of like military guys talk about, you know, like muscle memory, for example. Is yeah. there any muscle memory that kicks in in a situation like that? Like, I know obviously you guys train in every circumstance imaginable, but is that even something that... That's not an imaginable circumstance. Yeah, is that even something that remotely came across in any type of training? No, and that's where you start getting into, like, what was actually screwed up about the day. So you're in there with no protective gear, and then, like, sometime around a week later, because then you... So, like, we were on that for 20 days, Mm -hmm. like doing pulling bodies and body parts out of there, identifying them. So that was actually more of a federal investigation. So it was literally like, oh, I got something. It could be insulation, wet insulation. It could be thigh. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Bro, <laughs> that's so fucking. I mean, that, great. You should be a writer. That was a great um, uh, <laughs> whatever comparison. Um, what? What? So, yeah, I guess. I still want you to answer my question. What What was your feeling like? Were you f- afraid? Were you yeah like terrified? Like, did you right? Terrified, I, I mean, I mean, terrified. to me, that's fucking normal. Terrified. I would think every step, your feet would feel like they're fifty pounds. Terrified. Like, I don't want to go in here. Oh, well, from the moment that I like the building shook, I knew exactly what was going on, and yeah. I like it was like already like full acceptance of like okay, like okay, like I said, the first thing I said to the company was like we are under attack. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like that's what it is, and so that's where you start getting into like PTSD, fight or flight stuff, and it's like, well, that's yeah. your that's what well, you're in that state. 
right? And so yeah. you're there. And it's like you said, it's like training, all that stuff. It does, it kicks in. You know, that's what we did all the training for. That's where your chain of command is there for. They're there to tell you what to do yeah. and keep you just busy enough so that you don't think about anything else other yeah. than like, hop, 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 I guess we're fucking doing this dumb shit now. Right. What, what about, so... Um, I had an experience once where there's this is when I was a junkie living in LA. There's a massive fucking car crash right outside my apartment. I put my tin foil and my heroin down. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, it was just one of those sounds where you're like, <laughs> that like something's really fucking bad. Like, fucked up shit happened, right? And I, my first mindset is, I'm a fucking hero, so I should go out there and save everyone. And I remember I sprinted out there. And I went out and I beat everyone else from my apartment out. Like there's a few people kind of like 25, 50 yards behind me sort of, but I was beeline and I was going to go help people. Right. And then as I started, ran around the corner, I saw a car sitting on its fucking roof upside down and the door open. And I saw a little humanity on the fucking curb. I just, my sprint just fucking stopped and like went to a walk. And I remember just going like, Am I ready to see a dead body, right? Like, it it really, because I was like, you know, in my head, it was like, maybe not just seeing a dead body. Like, see someone's fucking, you know, their brain pan or whatever. Just shit that it's like, I don't know. And I remember slowing down, just thinking like, God, please, someone fucking pass me. Someone catch up to me. And I think they were probably doing the same shit behind me, sort of. And luckily, I got there and no one was dead and they were actually alive. They were so drunk, they were fucking, like, limp enough that they survived. But, But whatever the case. For you, I'd imagine that would have been a significant part of this. Like, like is going, God damn it. There's fucking people who are going to be fucked up in here. That oh, had yeah. to be just petrifying. Yeah. 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 So I'm, um, yeah. I mean. Were other people freaking out around you too? Like, I mean, was anyone just, like, did people ever just fucking turn around, like you said, and kind of go home? Like, like I can't go do home, this. home, but they went and walked out to the end of the line. And so it was like, you could either be with Captain Cunningham or what he became Captain, Lieutenant Cunningham at the time. You could be either be in there with the guy. Yeah. You know, in the front. Picking he was the being stuff. a hero. Right? Like, I you mean, know, in his mind. You right? do whatever. But you could be in there in the front picking the stuff. Or you could be at the end of the, the chain and you could be out there getting air. Like, I would go get air. I didn't like need to be out there. Yeah. I'd go in and work. It was actually so like Right, the, after a while, it's just Well, yeah, that's it. So like the crew that was well, the crew that was just in there up front, those were my homies, yeah. right? So it was like that was just it. It was fine to be over there with that handful of guys. So it was yeah. no big deal. All right, fine, sweet. Go, let's go get some air, right? Right. You know. So that was no big deal. It was like uh, that was all fine. Is that world small enough that you're afraid to, like, see someone you know? Or or even just someone you see. No, like, I, you know, I see that dude at the fucking newspaper stand or something like that. Yeah. I, I just... No, that... Like, what stuff was that, going through your head? No, nah, that wasn't... That wasn't a thing. It was basically... Okay. It was really just, like, so... This kind of goes back into an earlier question. So, basically, the real thing is, is, like, the people that were doing the job that we did that worked for the FBI... Or that worked for the, you know, ATF or that worked for all the investigative agencies, right? Mm -hmm. Those people, they were called mortuary affairs. And they had actually been trained for like years Mm -hmm. to go do what we did. And so we, nah, we, no no training, no nothing. And so it's like, there was, there's, you know, 
I mean, they're just putting you in a fucking traumatic situation, uh, like a most, deeply, yeah, deeply possible. traumatic, most situation. traumatic situation yes. possible. And it was, and it was literally just to like be a grunt and go move things from one right. place to another. Like the investigation could have taken longer if, yeah, they, and they could have just had the right people go do it. But that wasn't what it was. It was the same thing with like, well, do we really need to start pulling stuff out of here for the investigation? Like right now, today, when we don't have any protect- protective equipment, because like by day three, mm-hmm. we're getting getting bathed like showered when we're coming out of there like <laughs> decontamination like we're wearing tyvek suits like right rats, oh yeah first like, day that wasn't right? a big deal you know, no but big today deal, but yeah like yeah it's like oh no we're changing out filters and we're right. wearing full face respirators and never ended you know but we didn't have You're like that in hazmat suits basically by the end yeah that stuff yeah do you worry about like effects of that long term? Well, yeah, it was weird. It was like so they gave all the um, they gave all the nine eleven New York people, firefighters, first responders, all sorts of money. Yeah, most people got like a million dollars or whatever a yeah. piece. We got shit, right? Nothing. Like when it was time to hand got out nothing. A, nothing. When it was time to hand out awards, they gave out two Army Commendation Medals, which is basically like the lowest medal that you can give for our whole platoon, like six. Right. Six for whatever for our whole company. Yeah, right? yeah. So it was like we are all in there doing the same exact thing. There was definitely no dude that didn't go do what he was supposed to go do yeah, or yeah, yeah. that day. But then like dude next to you, just because your NCO and your platoon, you know, whatever liked him, it was like well, he was the guy that got the award that day. Who's yeah. Right. So what what um what's the first, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm really not trying to be insensitive with this, but what like what's the first thing you saw when you were in there that that really shook you up? Like as far as bodies, like I, I mean, were were you finding shit everywhere, or was it rare? Yeah, like so, you find one. Uh, so first thing we did when we got in there, that was kind of where I was starting to talk about like the PPE we were wearing. So we were wearing like these cheap 3M helmets. That section of the Pentagon was actually under construction, so there were construction workers and other people in there. And uh, so the very first thing, like when we get in there, we go past the little foot, get all the way over to the thing. And Jake looks at me and I look at Jake and he's like points down and there's a helmet there. Like just like the ones we're wearing, yellow one. And he goes and he grabs, there's a half a head in that thing. And it's just holding it in his hand. Oh my God. Jesus. Holy fucking shit. And Jake is someone you were in your group yeah, with or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, like what happens after that? Does everybody just chuckle and you keep it pushing or? So day one, there was no chuckling. Like it was definitely somber. Yeah. You, know, you like, dude, you could feel you were being damaged. was essentially right. like how that yeah. worked, you know, you're just trying to get through it. It was a day that never ended. So like, you know, we go to work that morning. We had PT. We go do that. It was a 12 hour bit inside. And then the rest of the company went and did like another 12 hours, 12 hours. So then now we get off finally the next day day so you're like 48 hours more around the clock basically yeah eight o'clock in the morning so like we had started six o'clock in the morning a day two days ago Mm-hmm. So then we finally get off at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever are they like feeding you later we were eating you know there was who like, can eat in that situation barely. right like I mean yeah. it was barely it was like and then like they opened up there's like in the, in the center part there's a courtyard and they opened up like hot dog stand for us so we went and got some hot dogs in the middle of the night that was about and it. it's like for real man like how difficult that must have been just to fucking eat just that to, was, like after you're yeah. seeing that shit. Yeah. Especially because, I like, look, 
I used to watch. I used to go to Rotten.com. <laughs> like, <laughs> you see fucked up shit. I used to seek that shit out, right? And it's like, it is fucking traumatic on the internet. Like, seeing a fucking dead body, like, from a car accident. Something where you see the body gets fucking... You know, like we're much more fragile than what people think, right? And, and it's right. so you plastic, you crash an airplane, right, into a building, right. You're not made of anything, bro, right? And and there were so there were 125 people who died from the Pentagon thing. Is that is that including the airplane passengers? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, it was actually a really really light, right flight casualty. It was a light flight, and it was a section of the Pentagon that was under construction. And okay, so like at least as far as that goes, it's not that or whatever. Yeah, the at best least it could a be. Slight silver lining. Yeah. Um, and then in in the, the case slightest. where you're there for like you know two days straight, really not eating, are you even cognizant of the time as it's passing, or is it all just kind of felt like it went by like that? Yeah, yeah one time one crawling day, by one day. Like uh, might have I'm trying to remember. Okay, so we went in. That was like I think that was the day where like he just kept diving into piles, right? Like we were supposed to be done in four hours, and we were in there for like twelve. Or you make whatever. this guy sound like such a fucking it was dude. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like diving into piles. Dude, <laughs> that's not dead. even me, man. Like, it's like, they're dead already, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean diving I, into yeah, piles. Yeah, that was that's not even me. That was a buddy that noticed it. I'm I'm just remembering what other people were saying, right. kind of stuff going on that day, and that was like Jimmy said that he's like, man, Captain Cunning. I'm going to dive in another pile again. We used to say for the Minnesota Vikings, there was a defensive tackle named Chris Hovan. Oh, Remember him? Amazing. We used to say he led the league in pile jumping because if you start watching the games, if someone's down, he always came and jumped on the pile, like last or whatever. So it sounds like that guy was yeah, cut from the same cloth. Just like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry to Chris Hovan if you're out there listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate to compare you. He's a big, he's he's a big fucking, fan of the show. Yeah. But... Um, how many, so, and I'm sorry, to, I just want to know, like, what it was like or whatever to get a scale for it. So that first day when you're in there, how many bodies, body parts do you feel like you saw or found? And then is there anything you found independently? Oh, yeah. I mean, so, like, every individual in there. Well, that was, like. So I was sure like, because of the line. That's what you... your tax is. Is So, like, if, you, you know, the people at first, when it's just passed in there, then all you could do is chain gang out. Eventually, it had cleared out a little bit. Yeah. So and you, you were actually, like, assigned a little section. And then you'd be like, oh, hey, I got something over here. And, like I said, they'd come over there and they'd try to figure out if it was. You raise your hands like adult. And then they, yeah, like, um, and, yeah. And like I said, they try to figure out if it was insulation or flash or whatever. Yeah. And, and when you're sorting through the pile, are you thinking, God, I just hope I don't find anything? Yeah. Or are you like, oh, I'm going to find, Great you know, nah, the reason why this plane crashed or nah, whatever You've given else. up on... On everything, all hope basically. You're literally just there doing the thing. So day one, very somber. Day two, very somber. Now, like I said, I grew up all yeah. sorts of craziness, right? So for me, it just became another like day in court. You know, Dark humor. Like, I, I mean, really, like Gallo's you know. mentality, like like Gallo's humor does start. It's a human defense mechanism. Yeah, it's like well, nothing well, to be ashamed so, yeah, of, so, right? Well, like, yeah. Vonnegut said, like, laughter and tears are both appropriate responses to pain and suffering. Yeah, 100%. I prefer to laugh because tears have a lot more cleaning up thereafter Agreed. or something like that. Dude, I, I got kicked out of my grandpa's funeral for laughing. Yeah. And it just, the fucking priest sounded like an alien. He said, 
And will you receive Doc's heavenly body? <laughs> like he starts saying all this alien shit, and I started laughing. <laughs> Whatever. So it's like I get it. I love my grandpa, but a little you know, bit of levity is good. Fuck it. I mean, really. Like I, I mean, we we had a we had a special forces guy on here who got um, busted down. He he got in big trouble because he threw an arm at one of his guy. They were they were in the field. They had bombed something, and he threw an arm or a leg at one of his cohort because he's like, you're just. It's so traumatic. Right. And he's like, it was, their situation was ultra fucked up because they're watching somewhere where they thought like the Jack of hearts, it was someone big who was supposed to be there. And they, they had the, he's like, sometimes you have the building surrounded. You can see every angle. Sometimes you really can't, but, and he's like, this time we had it surrounded. The three-star general, whatever, once whatever it was broke in, it was a lower general who broke in is like, is he there? Is he there? And he's like, no, sir, he's not here. This is a daycare. There's 30 some. Or it's like, all women and children. Women and children. And to my shock and horror, like truly, I did not think our military was capable of this. And, and they said, well, we have the, we have everything loaded and ready to go. We can't take the chance of missing this guy. And they fired the missiles and they made those guys paint the site with their lasers, the guided in. So they make them culpable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then they have to go in there and sort through the fucking bodies, right? Because someone's got to see if the dude's there, even though they fucking know he's not there. You have to confirm a target. Yep. And then when he's there, he's like, it was so fucked up. He ends up throwing body parts at his, at his teammates. Cause it's just, that's what you do. Right. Like, I, I mean, in a sense, I'm not saying that's what you do. <laughs> like that's normal, but it is. It's I mean, in my mind, it is normal. It's what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, all of it. To live. Yeah. Do, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. if you treated every moment, especially overseas. This is a person. Right. This is You're a, not like, going to yeah. make it. You wouldn't make it. Yeah. yeah it's it so the, fucked up. It was the same thing. And, like, I think, you know, so most of the other guys, they might have. I was the first one to do it just because, like, that. I mean, dude, yeah. Like, especially, like, hanging out with bombs and all that yeah. stuff, right? Like, you learn. Just, oh man, right? we got like another podcast about your bum day. I, I love bum culture and all yeah. that shit, like rails culture and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm truly into that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we did some jumping. And, yeah. yeah, I did so, too yeah, in college, yeah, but yeah. I pussied out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that's uh, good times. Um, what did you do? Uh, you said you were the first person to do something. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not sure if he did something fucked up or no. whatever as oh, a joke. Yeah. Well, was, I was the first person to just start with the gallows humor. Yeah. Right. To try and lighten the mood up. Uh, and actually, it started, I want to say it was either, I don't remember perfectly. It was either the very first day on the bus that we went in. And I, I have to ask one of the homies, or it was day two when we actually like were there fresh. I'm pretty sure it was actually day one, though, because it became a tradition thereafter. I was like, we all sang along, like, Build Me Up Buttercup. I did it. I started it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like, on the bus. Yeah. Was there a reason that you chose Just because everybody song? would know the words. And yeah. And Something About Mary was super popular at the time. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes sense to me. Like for it, real. It, was, it was like we knew we were rolling into hell. That was like actually right? like the whole thing. It was like you you were literally on the bus going to a building that is on fire and your operation order is to go inside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like just really against all your nature. Like it, it's not even it's like I'd rather go into battle, 
Right? At least there's some fucking That was the other hope. surreal thing about it was, yeah, it was like, I mean, so obviously we were attacked, but it wasn't like I was over there, like, going and shooting or right. anything about it, you know? It's just the shitty parts of war. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And ones that, like, an infantryman, other than pulling his comrade or his battle buddy or whatever out of the field, like, it's something he doesn't really, like I said, it's mortuary affairs. Those people yeah. for three years to deal with that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just... That shocking you guys with death yeah. right like I, I mean that's which is what like that's kind of what i took away from the military podcast that we've done before is that it's like it's like there's a fucking a conscious effort on the part of the military brass to make the the privates and all that shit like culpable in the war right so so that like make them do something fucked up it, well Confer- that's actually like, part of ucmj so you have like like lawful unlawful orders Right. Uh-huh. So, but it's it's only an unlawful order if you don't follow it. So, like, if they give you an order and then you go follow it or whatever, right? Well, then that makes you just as you know guilty yeah. party, right, as anybody else. Why was when did it yeah. willingly? You could have said no. We have we we have this policy over here. You could have said no anytime <laughs> right. you want. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No big deal. Right. You know. Well, what so. What are examples like? So, because it was an airplane coming in, crashing into a building, and then there's a many thousand degree fucking fire that swept through there. What what were you finding as far as remains? Like, I mean, are these people intact, or no, is everyone so like, just like tiny pieces? You know, tiny pieces. So you're literally, like I said, so right. like probably the biggest piece of a human I found in there was like a thigh. And at first, I thought what I grabbed was insulation. I'm like, I'm not kidding when I say, like, you know, I went and grabbed like a big you piece. Being funny, and I was you like, were, I was right. like, oh, that's that's a little more, it's a little moist, it's a little more oh something than insulation is. And so then you're like this, and then you go hand it to him, or it's like Raise my one, <laughs> my one buddy, he's digging through, and he's like, sees a ear, and he so then he goes and he's like, this, so then. This is when, so the mortuary affairs people, because they've been trained for this and they understand that levity is okay and that you need it and whatever. So they come over and they're like, oh, hey, well, what do we got over here? Right. And he goes and he grabs it and he like picks it up. And it's like a, it's literally just like the skin from a face, like a half of a face. And then like a, like a little piece of ear. And he like holds it up like in his hands like this. (laughs) And he's like, wow, we might be able to identify this one. Right, like right. Because <laughs> that, yeah, that's it's the super other thing. fucking twisted. But it's just I can't imagine how else you do it. I, I just there's can't. no yeah. other way to do right. it. That's the whole thing. Was it broke? Like, okay, so we're honor guard. Our job is actually somber. I'll tell you what. To this day, you still play taps. I still remember when I had to go do bury a baby casket, or I remember when the wife was like crying, you know, over the casket or whatever. Like, you know, like it doesn't matter how many times you hear it, it doesn't ever stop having an emotional effect on you, right? And that's actually watching people who died for probably perfectly good reasons and natural causes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this was like so. How do you deal? How do you deal with all that? After the fact. Well, hang on. Let, let's like let's keep going through the story before we get to the after because I have a couple more questions. Okay. But yes. And I actually need to pee. You have to pee? Okay. Is that okay? 
Yes, of course it is, man. Yeah. Um, you got a bottle. You know where the yeah, bathroom I say, is, right? I was going to say, like, right? Like, <laughs> we'll cut to a solo yeah. shot of Gabe so you can pee. No, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then we'll we'll see. Are there any any questions we, yet on we've Facebook? Got a, we've got a couple of listener questions. And while he's peeing, we can and shout yeah, out and tell people of... to comment. Um, but, yeah, we've got – and then actually, Gabe, this is a good one for just you because Andy, I feel like this is the, has nothing to do with anything. But okay. Andy Gabatino. Oh yeah, I know him. Oh yeah. So if you look at the screen, if you, if you look up at the screen right now, he says, "Gabe, he knows it's been a while, but yikes, you look dot 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 amazing." So he's giving you compliments. He's giving you compliments. He's complimenting the baby blues. <laughs> this this is a happy show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Andy so much. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you. I have been through hell. I I've, I've been through hell. Um Yep. I have been so fucking Let me just put these I'll say you're ear right things now. on just so I can hear I I'm just I feel like I just I feel like one of my ex-girlfriends got fat. I I just haven't <laughs> been this happy in ages. Um thank you Andy. And Andy is one of the most naturally funny people I've ever seen. I don't even know if he does it on purpose, but he's just he's truly like a really funny guy. He should be doing comedy. He was a shitty stand-up, but He's funny. Like, he commits his life to comedy. He dresses ridiculous. Yeah. Wears a mustache. Um, but otherwise, for, for listener comments or viewer comments now, I guess, because since we're on Facebook Live, yeah. uh, we've got Keith who's asking about... Whoop. Uh-oh. Sorry, Keith. There we go. Uh, asking about when he knew about the Twin Towers, um, which we covered in the beginning part, but we figured we'd give you a shout-out, Keith, for being a, yeah. a loyal listener. Absolutely. We'll ask that. So... Um, we haven't asked that is what I'd answer is that he hasn't known. Like it sounds like most everything they were on need to know basis and they mm-hmm. weren't as curious. This is a recurring theme with you and me and military people is that we keep oh. asking like pussy bitch boy Absolutely. questions of like, but weren't you really upset? Right. Did like, you want to know the news? And I've known since I was very young that I'm not made out for military life. Yeah. And it's just asking these questions like, Oh, you, like you didn't take a, time to step back and like gather your emotions and how did this make and they're just like no we just went in and right picked up ears and thighs that felt like uh insulation i totally thought he was gonna do the um tarantino mr blonde moment where he grabbed the ear and he goes hey hey <laughs> i don't know if you know that movie no, but not at all reservoir all dogs like I do. you should watch oh it. reservoir Do- that's uh gus lynch's he had a bit where he mentioned that that's the only reference i have oh yeah no that's a great it's a great fucking movie it's a great man, Gus Lynch. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anything that I'm uh, that you feel like like I've passed so far. I mean, we want to get into kind no, of the I rest think of the I'm, story. I'm very curious to hear the after effects of what he went through on 9/11 and how he, you know, the leading up to it and how he felt transitioning then into a war situation because the whole country was like, "Yep, we're all ready to go to war." Did he feel that way? Did his platoon feel that way? Right. So I'm, I'm excited to hear hear that side of the story. Yeah, I just realized I haven't shared this with my own, like, my own. Jesus, you're terrible. So yeah. social media works. You have to be social. Exactly. Yeah. You have no, to interact. That's true. Just let me fucking do this. And, and since it's kind of whatever, we are interrupting the flow a little bit. We have, I believe, you'll know what this means, Brian. I, however, do not. Uh, nine millimeter versus the 40... Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson. Do you have any preference or mag capacity versus muzzle energy? Does penetration and expansion matter as much as shot placement? Yep. 
Uh, it's a very specific murderous question <laughs> yeah. from Andy Gabatino. So oh, that is a very specific question. I I think that I will go with an answer that was given to me by a, a buddy who knows a lot more about it than I do. So I'm not going to give you my personal expert answer, but I think that the most times that a person has been shot and survived was actually with a nine millimeter. Um, nine millimeter typically comes with a ball round. Um, that ball round doesn't quite have the penetration that you're going to be looking for. Um, and so I definitely would go with the 40 personally stopping power all day. Um, I, I you, like the nine is cool. Whap, 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 whap. All right, fine. But you actually need to hit all five of those shots in order to kill somebody with a nine. Whereas with that 40, we could go whap, whap. If I hit you with one of those two, it's over for you. Your arms ripped off. Right? Like, see, that's why we brought you on the show to answer the tough questions. <laughs> that's just, I prefer fists. <laughs> Fisty cuffs. That's how I, I kill someone. I don't carry knife. a weapon out of the military. I'll tell you that. I don't is, it, I yeah. is there a bigger, like, is it just personal preference or is it because you've handled weapons enough and saw the car? You've seen enough causes? death. Right? So there's many, many reasons. So uh, one is I don't ever need anything to escalate to that level, having, like, the training and everything that I have. Hold on. You don't like escalating situations out yeah. of nowhere? Uh, yeah. So, like, that's but that's exactly it. So, like, having the training and everything that I have, it's like it could easily instantly escalate to that. Yes. And, and I'll already choke the hell out of somebody for no reason at all. Yeah. So I definitely just don't need to have a gun. I just talk in a high voice and I fucking scream. What the fuck? You wanna fuck with me, what the man? fuck? You wanna fuck with me, motherfucker? Hey. What, what, uh, all right. Back to the death and carnage and trauma. Gotcha. Ugh. No. So, that is whatever. Um, what's the funniest uh, gallows humor joke that you heard in the Pentagon? Uh, well, my buddy probably did the best one. He was, uh, so this is like back when, you know, I don't know if you remember when like Snickers was like hungry, white Ray, grab a yep. Snickers, right? And like It's already funny. Yeah, but like, keep going. So like early on when this happened, like Will's g- grabbing on some rebar and like then like a little way down the line. Shout out over, to Will. A little, like, here, oh, dude, he'd be good to have on the show too. He, uh, so anyway, so he's grabbing on some rebar over here, and then like I can't remember if it was Jake. I think so. He's just a little bit further down the thing, and like there's like all of a sudden like a little arm come out the rubble, and it's like like rubbing on Jake's leg. <laughs> come on, I'm not kidding, dude. <laughs> Like a marionette. Like like yeah. like that. So that was one. So then so then like a couple of days later, so Jake must have thought about this a little bit and he was like, Who what if that like hand had like a snicker bar and it was like hungry? Like, why wait? Just like grab a Snickers. We just like have a little Snickers commercial over here. Yes. That was it. <laughs> Something tells me Snickers isn't uh jumping on that marketing opportunity. There's a great Bill Hicks uh joke where he says that it's gonna be like a 
a lady who's bottomless bends over and spreads her pussy lips and then just looks at, through her legs and goes, Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I didn't, didn't know justice. Well, all these big. girls nowadays say they're thicker than a Snickers. So. That is true. Really? That's I've never true. heard that, actually. Yeah, we gotta, Jeez, you got to get, like, get on like Tinder. 2011. Yeah, I got to get gotta, on like, that. You got to leave the old lady and get on Tinder. I got to do that. can't say that. We got to bleep this out. <laughs> so believe me, she's not fighting for me. <laughs> she just say, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. She might make you a Tinder yeah, account yeah, before exactly. you get home. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's actually swiping right on <laughs> right now. Yeah. Oh, I might yeah. have seen that profile. She's like looking for a girl for my husband. Yeah, trying to get him away from me. I'm going to go throw a move on her tonight, too. Just a spider. I'm so honored now when I have sex with her because I'm like, I know she fucking hates me. So, like, it's such a fucking, like, like I got so much fucking finesse if I can get her, you know? Every day is a crazy challenge. And, and I love taking it on. Beautiful woman. Um, They're like that. Yeah. Wife number one. So, as you're going through this, because... um. Do you consider that you have PTSD or had? Like, I, I mean, well, is PTSD sure. like like being an alcoholic is like, you know, once you have it, you have, have PTSD? It, you have it. And it's like any traumatic event. So, you know, like, again, like I was saying, like, you go down the list of what would give you PTSD. Well, I was exposed to all of that as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you're at a child especially, you really don't have any coping mechanisms yeah. or wherewithal to even be able to deal with it. So you can pretty much guarantee that I had it. But I went through therapy at, when I was younger like, yeah. and figured it out actually pretty well. So mm -hmm. I had more coping mechanisms than probably a lot of people that I served with. So I, so how long were you guys in, in the Pentagon pulling shit out? Uh, 20 days. I think 20 days? what it Jesus. worked out to. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and, and I'd imagine, like, what, what is it that was in your mind the most, you know, and I'm sorry to ask this, but, like, what was the most disturbing aspect of it for you? Was it like, is it the smell? Is it the things smell. you saw? Is it? No, it's definitely the smell. So, cause the definitely real, the smell, okay. definitely the smell. Cause like, so you had the smell, right. And it's huge gash and it smells and it's there. Like, so the smells associated with masks, wearing a mask. I hate the whole mask culture oh. that we have right now. Right. Like, cause I, cause it brings you to, back to I've that. Been Flashbacks. I've been suffocated by a mask. Yeah. And I don't like it. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that's interesting. Never thought of that. Yeah. 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 So it makes me freak out a little bit. So like I wear them in so far as like, if that's what keeps your store open. You yeah. Know, right. Mm -hmm. But like, that's about it. What is the smell like, like the, the burning flesh smell? I've heard many times like different things, but I've heard it's like barbecue type shit. I just yeah. can't remember what so it's we like. Didn't, I don't know. If, so there, it was so much jet fuel and building and furniture and all of that that was burning mm -hmm. that it was more just an overall different charred. Burn yeah. smell was it mm -hmm. you know only a hundred i shouldn't say only but yeah only a hundred some bodies in that large of a right scale thing like that wasn't what you were smelling yeah it was more just like the smell right like yeah. that was why like you never messed with that that first outfit you wore in there that first day those right. boots man they had that smell on them that that it's know, like if you sit by a fire like, anyone in minnesota knows what it's like to sit by a bonfire and wake up the next right. morning and smell your clothes yeah right. imagine the fucking yeah time so much more hellish on. yeah 
So like, so that was on while we were there, but then like our job is to go bury people that have died. So we're full honors funerals. So we go, now our mission is to go do these missions in the cemetery and then the like chapel like chapel to 66 well guess what section 66 that's looking at the pentagon that's mm-hmm. the section that you march to every every day you go bury those people there and you go smell that smell and that went on for a summer thereafter and cuz you said you guys were obviously searching recovery so yeah. at the beginning of it were you like looking for specifically like people and then it it shifted you know four, five, six days into specific things from, like, the flight or from sensitive material yeah. from the Pentagon? Yeah, like, they want you exactly to look for other things. Day, day one was chain gang clear so that we can get the cats in. Mm-hmm. And then once the cats were in, the cats were, you know, big moving, big stuff. But then, like, off in the corners and over by pillars and whatever, you had piles of rubble that the cats obviously weren't going to go mess with. And that was what we went in. And uh, they were still doing a federal investigation. If you found a plane part, you were supposed to Everybody's flag it. That was, like, pretty much after day one. The whole thing ran as a federal investigation like that thereafter. Were you surprised when all the conspiracy theory stuff came out kind of like, like, I mean, because with the Pentagon pretty early on, it was like, there's a fucking mess because, because they didn't release much. Yeah. Well, um, that's evidence. the whole point. It makes sense. Like, so it makes sense to like, so people, when they have a lack of information, they are going to fill those yeah. holes in with whatever with negative shit. Yeah, positive. It doesn't matter. They're just going to fill it's generally holes negative. Ne- generally people, negative. People have people confirma- the worst. Uh, yeah. negativity yeah. bias. And, and, yeah, yeah. 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 It, they will typically assume the worst. So, right. So that was where that was. Someone's so. not calling you. Yeah. It's because they're fucking mad yeah. at you, right? Like, like yeah. you know, that's oh, how people 100%. do it. Yeah. yeah, especially if you have traumatic stuff from childhood or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's an issue I personally deal with in any relationship. It's like, does she hate me or she's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Everybody hates me is what the problem is. You don't is. have to have a Clearly. shitty fucking childhood to think that way. <laughs> like, well, if I had a great childhood. I fucking, I fucking, I fucking hate me. But uh, thank God I have all my fans to keep me going. Clearly, there's eight people watching this. No, um, no there's nine. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Um, anyway, let, let's. Uh, sorry, the fuck was I saying, Tevin? I mean, yes, yeah, so we're talking about like search and rescue. Like, and thing. so now when you're kind of, are we ready to transition to kind of the almost like the after effects of it? Conspiracy you're, theory, you're then conspiracy after theories. effects. Yeah, yeah, you're getting moving into conspiracies. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Going. yeah. No, like, like no what, doubt. And w- when people, because obviously the 9-11 conspiracies are a very popular thing to talk about. When people come up to you, or not necessarily you in general, you just hear people say, you know, oh, 9-11, George Bush did 9-11, the Twin Towers were faked. Does that make you feel some type of way being somebody that was there, boots on the ground? Are, are also, can I tag on to that? Are you generally conspiracy-minded? Because in our experience with the show, I think Tevin and I have both been bold over that the more high-ranking military people we've had in, the more conspiracy theory-minded they've 100%. been. And it's fucking shocked me, actually, like like how many of In fact, I think every military guy we've had on the show thinks that 9-11 was an inside job. It had to be. To some degree. 100%. It had to be? Okay. 100%. Really? Why do you yeah. say that? You think uh, right, well, Mossad had yeah, something? Would you want to just like wait and let me actually roll it? Yeah, yeah. yeah right, roll that shit. Right. Right. So, you say conspiracy, and I gave you some like stuff to kind of, if you want to go mm-hmm. pull up some of that stuff. I so, the definition of conspiracy is essentially just people getting together and having an idea and working on it together 
Now, you know, it can be for nefarious or it can be for good or it doesn't matter. But if you and I get together and we conspire to start a business or we conspire to have a podcast tomorrow or we down a building. Right, right, yeah, right. So we're, we're doing that. So conspiracy in the broader sense. OK, fine. So was 9-11 a conspiracy? Eh, at a minimum, you can say that like, OK, so if you accept the standard explanation, then bin Laden conspired with 19 hijackers. To get the airplanes. Sure. That's a conspiracy. Whoever else was involved in it, whoever else funded it, that's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a conspiracy. No, but I'm saying, like. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm finished. He's getting there. Okay. I'm yep. getting there. So, that I just wanted to make sure that we're clear about definitions. Sure. Okay. What, what, I got right, you. right. So, is 9 11 a conspiracy? Yes. Why? Well, because. In order for it to happen at all, you had to have not just a collection of failures, or actually, let's step it back. First, let's just assume that the government's version of events is correct and that their story is what it is. Okay, so the government's story is that 19 hijackers that were ran out of, you know, maybe not a cave or whatever, but out of random places in Afghanistan, Yeah. right? Uh, Maybe they were well-funded. Okay, fine. Uh, But they were able to defeat our entire security and our entire air infrastructure, our air defense infrastructure on the Eastern seaboard, like New York, Washington, DC and the airspace there in between and everything around it is the most secure airspace in the world Mm -hmm. on the planet. Like you're not flying anything over there and they don't know what it is right right so that it happened by design i I mean like that that's the entire you would want that that's what your that's what your defense dollars are paying for an inventory of planes that are in the air at all times that they know what they are at all right because i mean christ flight paths that yeah we've had an air marshal on the show that talked about you know following one guy just in case he was going to do something and they had you know and so that's a standard operating procedure. So I know some people that because of being honor guard and having your presidential security clearance or even your top secret, some of us had security clearances already. I only got the presidential. Uh, but so you already have security clearances. So the 9-11 happens. So a lot of those people go to work for NORAD, Homeland Security, everything else. And, and then I had some of those people. And it's like, yeah, just curiosity. What do you think? Well, we must have thrown every standard operating procedure out of the window that day and just said, yeah. like, well, fuck it. Right. Like, you know, so getting into this. So it's just like so I, I like to to step everything back in in philosophy. There's a thing called first principles physics. There's a thing called first principles. And that's basically to not take any of the knowledge for granted. Like, don't think that don't think automatically that we actually know anything like sure. actually step it back and think about it and whatever. All right. So let's just like step it all back. And like you take the the standard version. Well, standard version is, is that a uh, uh, country that spends about a trillion dollars on defense a year right was defeated by 
barehanded. Yeah, like two million dollars. Like, ba- well, like, whatever, well, dude. Like I mean, they were bare. So they were barely literate, barehanded, ass wiping, suicidal, hajis, right? Like. Yeah, there's just no reason, and so then, and then you actually look at the operation itself. So it's all right, fine. They, they they hated America. Okay, fine. All right, sweet. So like, I'll 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 accept yeah. all of your premises. I'll accept all your premises. It's like, okay, fine. Well, so then it's like, but they were like, not only was that the case, they were so successful that they hit seventy five percent of their targets in a military operation, which is right impossible. Like if we hit we seventy do that with cruise missiles, if we hit seventy five percent of our cruise missile targets, right, we would right. call that a total annihilation yeah, and yeah. victory, right? right? So we were totally annihilated mm. that day, like done in in a single fell swoop. And I know that jet fighters were scrambled, right, and they flew on the wing of a couple yeah. of those things, yeah. and I can understand that they'd be really hesitant to fucking shoot those planes down. Oh, just that's because, a PR nightmare. Right. Well, so, and again, so accept that premise. I'll accept that right. premise. All right. So I like, I like the direction you're going as you're following me. So sweet. So, yeah. so I'll accept that premise. That's fine. I like to think of us as co-leading. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, yes. that's what we do. No. So, so I'll accept that premise. So why didn't we shoot them down? We didn't shoot them down because we knew there were civilians on there. So that stands to reason for plane one and plane two. Right. But what but about the Pentagon? Pentagon. So now, so New York airspace flying uh, planes into some of the tallest buildings in there. Mm-hmm. I could see how we could claim we had no idea they were like flying low, but maybe they were going to land or yeah, who yeah. knows, mm-hmm. right? But you fly over DC and and it's, it's so it's plane one, plane two, plane three. Right, we're an hour and a half into this thing, yeah. dude. There's no way. There's just no way. There's just no way. You would have had to throw every standard operating procedure. Okay, so fine. Guess what? I'll I'll say, hey, look, man, we got caught with our pants down that day. I'll actually agree with all of those premises, and I'll say it was not. All right, so sweet. It wasn't a conspiracy. We, I, everybody's had a bad day at work. You ever had a bad day at work? Right. Yeah. I had a bad right. day at work. But everybody had a Every, bad hey, day. Hey, guess what, dude? Guess what? Maybe everybody had a bad day at work yeah. that day. All right, fine. Why did no, zero heads roll? Yeah. Nobody was held accountable. No investigation. Normally, there would have been like, so we had the 9-11 commission right. report. Which, like, the but like, commission. for yeah. me, it would have been an investigation like for, well, who didn't follow every standard operating procedure that we had in line for the last 30 years that day? Yeah. Right? Like, I would have found the people who were in charge that screwed up and- What are the major violations as far as it? you know, as far as that goes? And like, who like, committed them, and do you want to name any names? Uh, yeah. That that I don't actually know. Well, okay, so I, I will mean, t- put it this way: I like I think we can all agree that flying a fucking air, like after the towers were hit, yeah, the fact that an airplane they knew was off course, yeah, that didn't Reagan yes. Reagan called yeah. that in, and it went over fucking DC, yeah. And didn't get gunned down immediately. Yeah, I think that no blows way. everyone away. There's no right? way. There's just no way. Right. And th- so that was actually stuff that, like, friends and I were talking about while we were still doing the Pentagon job. It was like, dude, like, just how? You know? Really? Yeah. Well, because, like, dude, you know, we're – so being it being in the yeah. – we were trained for that. I mean, there's a bunch of weird shit. 
So, like, we were the platoon and the company that got to go do the Pentagon. But then prior to the Pentagon, we were doing training, quick reaction force training. And some of that training involved do like riot control training. Some of that training involved like resecuring the lawn of the Pentagon in case of an attack or emergency. And this is like in the summer. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I've only been in since 2000. Yeah. Right. So in the summer of 01, leading up mm-hmm. into set 9 11. Right, we're doing very specific training, different ones. Like we're doing training, like helicopter training to like quick reaction force load on and off. The operation orders form are very specific. Okay, they take us on the helicopters. They take us out to an old like military, like a like a missile silo mm-hmm. that's like totally dilapidated and falling apart. And they actually made us go inside of it and go fuck around, like, on the mission. And, dude, like, I'll be damned if it wasn't very similar to how the Pentagon kind of looked when it was, like, all on. Right? What would be their incentive to do that? Like, like I mean, for real. That, that's so weird that they'd... Well, no. so you, uncanny. Well, so the reason why... So what we were prepping for was... So the Pentagon gets hit. What if there's also some sort of... Like, what if rioting happens? What if there's yeah. an insurrection? Right. What if people freak freak out? No, I so get it. Yeah. They, we were the quick reaction force to be prepared for re-securing right. the line of the Pentagon. And what they figured out on 9-11 was that the populace of the United States is docile and yeah. they will just accept whatever they see on TV period you know and if they go so that's on interesting if they go I, on like as a like as, because you're right they didn't know right yeah and so if they go on a conspiracy theory what they do is they start chasing they start chasing holograms they start chasing well no no airplane hit the pentagon on 9-11 it's like be be the guy that's in charge of that conspiracy for a second just like logically right right, right? so like uh why would you worry about changing airplanes out and all of the people that were on those airplanes and everything else and then faking it. Or you could actually just use the airplanes and kill everybody on them. And then you got no witnesses and nothing to worry about at all whatsoever. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, so Occam's razor would say, mm-hmm. you just go do the simplest, easiest thing. Right. Right. And that's exactly what happened. And what is your, so is your feeling the, that it was huh. our CIA, Letting something happen, yeah, so because they wanted war. That's again, if you start getting into the stuff that I put, yeah. So you basically like prior knowledge, yeah, is what you should really look at. Because in '95 is when they had their first FBI warning saying some these certain people are trying to steal planes to go in. After the planes hit all these buildings, the FBI, like everyone, came out and said we could have never guessed that this is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and then there's plenty of documentation to refute that years before. Right. And then they said, well, yeah, you're right. We should have pursued that more vigorously. So they always talk in Famous such funny ways words. with those things. Right. Yeah. But, um, and, and so kind of as you guys are cleaning up that, like the, all the debris and stuff, and you're thinking about, well, how did this happen? Yeah. Is, is this a conspiracy? Does that, because the rest of the country is like, well, we got to now go to war and get them back and revenge. And Toby Keith's going to make this great anthem and let's he fucking helped. strap up. Yeah. Were you guys like, eh, this doesn't seem right, but we're already in the military, so we have to go over there? Was there like a kind of like tension 
was the patriotism like rising amongst the ranks kind of our unit technically was undeployable so iraq or any other well because our deployment (laughs) was deployable well because our deployment was to protect washington dc so we are already technically deployed deployed yeah right so um so yeah, but and that doesn't mean that they didn't deploy us. So then, like after not, the Iraq happens, Afghanistan, then now we're going to Djibouti, Africa. Well, guess who gets to go to Djibouti, Africa? Fucking old guard, right? Like we're redeployed. We haven't been deployed since Vietnam. Well, I'd love to go there as an ass man. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's where's she at? Djibouti. I'm gonna, it's not she a beauty. It's she a beast right here. Yeah. What? Um, so okay. So um, as Tevin asked. So so yeah. Like. Uh, at what point, when you guys are in that, when did people start, like, when for you did the first peep start coming out where people started talking about that kind of openly? Like, like how the fuck did this happen? Well, so, again, like I said, to get in there, we were already in the higher echelon for IQ right. or whatever you want to call yep. it. Quick. Okay. Like, Quick. first day. You're, you're like, what the Quick. fuck is going on? Me and one of my especially woke, you know, buddies or whatever, you know, fellow <laughs> punk rocker, fellow bridge and tunneler, fellow yep. shooter, right? Like, yep. right? So, yeah. Um, we were, like, looking at each other. And just, like, just like, no way. Yeah. You know? Right. No this way. This does not make sense. No Like, way. truly, you can't jump the fence at the White House, right? Before, like, there's so many security protocols. But then the Capitol insurrection happens, right? Like, like, like that well, recent no, thing so where you're like, resurrection had to be again the same. Another exact, inside job, right? Same thing. There yeah. is no. Which just came out today, by the way, that they said that they were told to focus on the anti-Trump protesters. Like right. that just came out in the news today that the Capitol Police were told focus on anti-Trump protesters, not on the Trump protesters, Bastards. which are really the fucking like the body of it, right? Right. Which is whatever. I mean, so like. It, of disambiguating it entirely from politics, mm-hmm. right? Uh, government buildings, all of those government buildings have blast-proof windows. Okay. So how are they, they able to just and break And they broke them with windows? a fucking rock. No fucking right. way. That's interesting, man. I've never thought of that. No blast-proof windows kind of thing. fucking way. Like, dude, and, dude. If we, if, and okay, you were the okay. guy who was defending those kind of buildings, right? So here, okay, wait. So this goes into what we were talking about earlier. Okay, so if you think... Brian's the fucking man. If you think that it's fine to fucking... There is absolutely no way that fucking we have blast-proof... Windows that we have that we spend a trillion dollars a year on defense, but we can't stop a soccer mom mm-hmm. from busting through the window, or and we, getting shot in the or face we can't, or we right. can't stop a barehanded ass wiper from fucking hijacking f- and hitting seventy five percent of their targets yeah. with little to no actual like tactical military right whatever training. Yeah, but they train like, in the caves. So so. What people would say though is that this is you're you're just talking to American exceptionalism, like 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 really you just can't believe that this shit would happen because we're so good, but really we're not as good as what we think. Okay, so what, no, you know, and actually, yeah, yeah. so again, and I accept that premise. Yeah. So then I'm an anarchist. 
you all should be anarchists then too. So if you're going to sit here, if that's the point that you're going to make to me, if that's like the final the right. win, right? Yeah. Like, sweet. And I, uh, dude, I will literally agree on every single one of those premises. That's fine. Yeah. I'll say 9-11 wasn't a inside job, crazy conspiracy. We literally just got caught with our pants down. All right, well then why do I pay taxes? Yeah, no, <laughs> like there's right. no doubt. It would be absurd, right? Why, because, why do I pay taxes? Because why? we know the CIA has shit where they can, People can be talking in a room and they can read the vibrations on the glass oh, and fucking like yeah, right, right. and that. figure out what's being. We said. have drones. Al- Al- Alex Jones was right. Mosquitoes. Alex Jones is also wrong. So while we're talking about conspiracy theories, <laughs> what's your favorite conspiracy theory on this? Is the, that no plane hit the Pentagon just clearly because I was like involved there and with it, right? Like everything else. So like in conspiracy theories, the whole point, all of it even the word conspiracy theory. So first what I was trying to do was disambiguate it from conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. throwing theory after it makes you want to say that whatever you were saying before that might or might not be factual. Sure. Right. But I can tell you for a fact that a lot of conspiracies, sure. right. happened. Of right? course. Like, I mean, of we, course it was a, conspiracy we know MK ultra was real. Mm-hmm. We know that Operation they, Northwoods, North right? yeah. like, we know these Wait, things what's, like, what's MK ultra? That's where they captured our own citizens and gave them LSD and whatever. Oh, no, no, MK oh, yeah, yeah, Harvard so, students. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But then it's even deeper than that. So then you start figuring out Ted Kaczynski was in MK yep. Ultra. They're they're thinking that uh, Charles Manson was part of MK Ultra. Uh, Whitey Bulger was experimenting. Oh, I didn't on know with, he was. Oh, dude, I've I never mean, heard that list, about him. That list goes on, and I'm yeah. super into like. MK for MK sure. Ultra's crazy. Operation Northwoods to, to like hear that that's true. Like that that our military brought plans to the fucking president for false flag operations, which is just means like we'll attack our own people and we'll frame the Cubans yeah. so that we can go in there. Like it's fucking crazy. It that is you'd think that any general who brings that to a president would be like Get the fuck out of here. Like, right. it'd be well, immediate, it, like, you are just, fucking out of the military. But well, it just boils down to that money and power. The military-industrial complex rules right. the world. Yeah, it's not about what's right and wrong. It's about how can I improve my situation. I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. No. I, no, it's it's completely fucked. And, and that's why it's, it's, that's why this is a super interesting conversation. And, and I'm. I'm fascinated that now you are again another military dude who is just utterly convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's like, oh yeah, super like our government is capable of the shadiest shit, basically. Yeah. And combined with like the callousness. Well, and no, then well. I mean, so first of all, they have the motive. Period. Nobody else has the motive to even want to do what we're talking about. Because their motive is to go to Iraq and secure oil fields well, and all that shit. I, do you I think, think everything? So they got the Patriot Act out of it. So yep. that's like a clampdown on American yep. citizens. Hundred percent. Right. They were able to go and pursue all of their petrochemical dreams. Yeah. Right. And then we don't even know what was secretly going on behind the scenes there. Like we know there was insider trading that led up to nine yeah. eleven. We right. know that a bit like 
I mean, was it a trillion dollars? A bill like vanished from the World well, Trade so Center? So that was the weird. No, no, no. It was uh, well, okay. So the, the stuff disappearing from those places, like I can tell you. So being doing the Pentagon thing, uh-huh. the people I I didn't have a security clearance high enough to go on the security missions. But when we first got there. I know some people that had those security clearances. The first thing they did was they went and started pulling like cash and gold and whatever out like secure shit, like out of that place. Like before the plane. Out of the Pentagon? No, after. After. Oh, after. Okay. after. So this is like when we get there, right? Our company gets there. Well, so like we're waiting for the building to not be on fire anymore. But the first thing that they went and did was they went and grabbed the people with top secret security clearance. Like the security clearance, it's like presidential security clearance means I can hold a f- umbrella for a dignitary or open a door or oh, I can stand mm-hmm. there that and hold a like flag a standing behind the You can be close to a super important person. person yeah. you know, but I can't know anything. Yeah. Right? Top secret means, like, if you're going to work for Secret Service or Homeland Security one yeah. day. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there was a handful of people that had the top secret. Well, those guys, they were like, well, I'm not going to say exactly what I did, but we'll just say it was like a lot of goddamn money. We were moving around from one place to another. Right. You know, and that's it. And they, and they have to have that. To even like, think that there's a lot of money in the Pentagon. Like, yeah. I, I I mean, is that what you're saying? That, like, like that there's stores okay, so of I'm, cash I'm not, and gold? I am not saying I have personally seen right. it. I am but just what you telling heard. you anecdotally what I heard from people who had those clearances mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, while well, you guys first went up in there, we were over here doing this. And what's right. what's a lot of money? Like, is it a million? Is it a billion? Trillions I mean, of well, dollars? So when you start talking about hauling out, you or know. Or is it just like pounds of gold Well, that's gold it. When you bars. start talking about hunting out, uh, like, t- tonnage of gold and silver, right? right. Like, Jesus. yeah, you're like pallet, pallet loads of, of gold and silver. But, but that's how that's how those transactions at that high right. level, right, are done. It's everything. Yeah. Is, you're, you're not, you don't pay for things necessarily in U.S. dollars or whatever right. from country to country. You might pay for it in gold or right. silver. It's like, it's like when super... Rich people pay for things in artwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine dealers do that artwork as uh, collateral. <laughs> Should they say cocaine? Where's that at? Where's <laughs> 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 <What's> t- <laughs> nothing bad can happen from that? What, what, uh, so, so I've read a lot of conspiracy theory stuff, mostly based on the New York stuff. And one of the most compelling ones that I read is very anti my people, which are the Jews. I'm not Jewish, but I, I'm a wannabe Jew. I love the Jews because honorary because of comedy. I've been honorary with the blacks and the Jews for a long time. But uh, anyway, the uh, it was a Mossad based thing. Like I read this thing about that the Mossad, because the guy who owns the World Trade Centers, of course, like vanished back to the world or back to Israel before it happened, and we can't talk to him even or whatever and then there's a whole bunch of money that vanished i should really know these facts better but whatever the case are you familiar with this theory this thing like like that the Mossad is really behind that it was a conspiracy with the cia and the Mossad. basically that that the Mossad is the one who did it was a false flag operation they blew up the world trade center they vacated the people who needed to be there um someone super important like warren buffett and someone big was supposed to have a meeting in the World Trade Center that day and ended up, he went to a golf tournament in um, Nebraska or something that he was diverted. There's all this, you know, who knows what's fucking factual at this point. But uh, at that point when I read this thing, it was pretty um, compelling, I guess. And the the 
um, architects consortium kind of thing was very like that's almost the most cons- like the building seven and all that stuff to me was the most interesting I think and um, and that was all kind of based around Mossad and CIA that like Mossad got us like we let Mossad in to kind of pave the way for Bin Laden and his groups to do it so then we could go in there and because Israel wanted to secure that area right that that makes sense to me to some degree I guess you know as as much as this shit can um I'm not anti-Jewish or yeah. anti-Israel but yeah. it, it but but I also just think government state operators are just fucking grimy right yeah what 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 is you like of the things you've researched and seen what is your theory or is it just it goes as far as we should have fucking shot those planes out of the air and there's no excuse for that kind of that's that's it so it's like okay so i would love to see an investigation of it you know i would like to so if it was like i said take it all the way back and assume that what they say is true all right well so if that's true then why did no heads roll i just want to know like like i just want to know what we did wrong that day yeah who did it wrong like fire them or reprimand them or you know okay dude, like we all have bad days maybe we don't even fire him maybe just he doesn't make any more rank and he quietly retires yeah or whatever but like i want to know the guy's name i want to know like who like like when you know tra- trade center one is hit and there's another airplane flying towards fucking new york i want to know the guy that was like right yeah. like who is that guy yeah Right, but those those you never found out. Right, and that's because the guy they wasn't actually a guy that was like doo doo doo. He was like had his finger on the trigger, and instead he didn't pull it. Yeah, you know, and that's really easy. So you don't need a conspiracy of like thousands of people or hundreds right. of people. All you need is the people at the very highest level, the guy that's like supposed to scramble the fighters, or the guy that's supposed to shoot the plane down, or the guy that's supposed to give the order. Sure, right. So that's like a handful of people. Yeah. At the very, very, very highest levels, right? Like, yeah. everybody else could totally be doing their job, but the guy that actually makes the decision just has to be like, doo-doo. Did you ever feel, you know, because you said that the people in your guard, like, that those rumors started flying around, or those feelings of, like, what the fuck? Like, how this happened? Instantaneously. Instantaneously. Within, like, as soon as you had enough time to stop and think about it, so yeah. as soon as I, was, I wasn't pulling fucking shit out of the Pentagon, yeah. basically, like, and had a little bit of sleep, it's like, dude, like, just how? Yeah. Right. Like just how. So, so when, um, you know, I know that, um, PTSD is a big part of your story and, um, and you had seen fucked up shit before this, you went in, you saw a foot and, and then you started seeing some real fucking awful shit. When, when were you aware that this was having a big effect on you? Dreams. That was where it actually got me the most. Like uh, a lot of people, you know, with PTSD, it will really affect like their interpersonal relations, their stress reactions, yeah. all that. I had lived with that stuff and gotten over it pretty well, mm-hmm. but like how that affects your psyche, right? So like what attacks you in the dream world is the stuff that's att- attacking your psyche, yeah, right? And that's the if especially if it starts reoccurring or whatever, it's just something that you're not able to deal with. If it keeps happening over and over again, you can assume your psyche just hasn't quite figured that problem out yet. Yeah, that's what your dreams are trying to do. Um, and so for me, that was like the number one, man, like having dreams, like the worst, 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 worst was like having dreams about looking for my wife and kid in the rubble. 
Yeah, that's f- super fucked up. That happened like while we were still on the when you're sleeping on the freeway. Shit. Like, yeah, like that was like pretty much instantaneous. Like, might even been sleeping on the freeway now that you mention it, right? Like, yeah. wake up like, whoa, that's not cool. And then that one happened over and over and over. That's super true. I mean, anyone who has fucking family. Like, yeah, that's she super. was pregnant at the time, and so it was, like, really messed up about it. Was, like, so, like, the dream was, like, I'm looking for my pregnant wife, but then when I find her, like, the kid is actually, like, outside of her. Fuck, it was fucked up. Is there something that you saw in the building that that bothers you the most? Like, is it holding the thigh? That was the one, man. That was. I mean, that's the one. super. It was, it was weird. It was just surreal because, like, everything else was pretty easily identifiable. You know, when you grab a bone or when you grab yeah. a f- whatever foot, you would or see a whatever bone, face. Yeah, yeah, a face, face. Yeah, like you'd I see said, a face. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd see a fully intact face. No, that's what I was trying to tell you earlier. I mean, the one like, you said half buddy, face yeah, attached half in here. One, yeah, I mean that's like sitting. He's holding it. I wasn't. Right. I wasn't holding it, but he's sitting as close as we are. Like whoa, yeah, just like that. Were you seeing your like? You, I don't know what the fuck you call them. Like the dudes in your. The dudes in your platoon, your brothers, you're like, I don't know how you refer to them. Brothers Compatriots. Good. Yeah, yeah. Like, were you seeing any of them breaking down early on in it? Yeah, that was like, the whole I, thing. Like, I mean, big like, time. Yeah, that was the whole thing was like, so the Army, I think if you go again, pull up some of that stuff, is like Army claims like it's like 10 or 20%, right, that go to Iraq or whatever, get PTSD. It's like, oh, no. It's probably actually 80%, maybe 20% of people don't get PTSD. But the problem is, is there's a stigma in the military where you can't admit that right. you have it. And you can't say that anything's going wrong. As soon as you do and they're going to put you on medicine or whatever it is, you're out. You're, yeah. you know, so it's like you can't admit anything. Oh, and, and you know, we had, we, we've had these special forces dudes and whatever. And all of them, man, they're so in a way humble about what happens because they see like, they're like, whatever, the highest trained people you'll see one or two guys locking up in battle, right? Or freaking yep. out, crying. Like, yep. and these are the most fucking trained of the trained. Yep. And it's like, it's just no, people are not built to fucking deal with that shit, right? That's it. Some people have already dealt, so if you, like, already have PTSD and you have built some coping mechanisms, yeah. which was what helped me personally, mm-hmm. but, like, then you just sit there and, like, you watch people malfunction, man. They were, you know, DUIs pretty much immediately. Yeah. I remember a dude got two of them within like i want to say a week like dude uh, i remember so like now we're starting to get really into it so as soon as we got off that after that first long day me and the homie looked at each other on the way to go back to the the wives or whatever and it was like you think the ghetto's open like we're gonna go get a joint to go get drugs sure we got weed immediately right right? and when we rolled fucking hog legs and went and got high real quick eight o'clock in the morning it was actually it was funny it was was like when we looked at each other it was like you think the ghetto's open yeah yeah ghetto never closes right Right. and so yeah we went and hit the ghetto and uh went and smoked and uh like so that i felt like that was a much better release than the people who went and drank yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, like, dude, yeah. Could, I'll like, take I weed could, over fucking well, dude, alcohol. Only, so any we day only had eight hours off. Yeah. So now you're gonna go drink, 
Then yeah. you have to sleep, and then you, you have like to whatever. Shit. Could yeah, you yeah. imagine? Like, dude, right. like being even a little bit hungover, or in that eight-hour period, maybe you rallied the whole eight because it's easy to rally, right? When you start sure. drinking, get that sugar in you. Yeah, you know. So it's like, yeah. So you'd see people just messed up. Like, dude, are you fucking drunk right now? Like, you need to go chill out, bud. Like, what are you doing? Did you ever hear things like? Because uh, we had a guy who told us something about battle. Like, hearing one of his his uh brothers whatever crying during the battle right and, and it's like it fucked him up kind of because it's like he got angry at him like fucking because it fucks his emotions up yeah, right yeah did you have issues with that like you know when you'd go back at night and you'd be sleeping on the freeway you hear your you know your buddies like like nothing like that or seeing people break down no, but I mean, so like, I definitely knew, like, I can think of one homie specifically, and it was like, I almost knew when it was going down, I was like, man, he's going to be fucking, you know, he's gonna he's not going to handle this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, big heart, right? Like, yeah. homie with your friend with the biggest heart. He's a good heart. dude. Yeah. Right. Dude. Right. Like, right. biggest heart. Right. And I was like, oh, man. And it was like, sure enough. First day we got off. Well, it's like, we went and got stoned, which is fine. Cause all I did was went home, and went to bed. Mm-hmm. So I actually went and got my eight hours of rack time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went back to work, and I had the release and yeah. all that. But, you know, he shows up, like, still stinking like booze. Yeah. You know? And that's day one. Right. Like, only get worse for you from there. I mean, yeah. you know, so that's a dude that, like, gets out slamming. He's got AIDS now. Really? Yeah. Do you ever see them, um, you know, whether they're guys in your platoon or others, like, people, you know, like, I mean, that is so fucking traumatic to put someone in a place where, like, you're finding fucking dead bodies, right? That's so fucked up and traumatic to put someone in that situation callously at all or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, as you said, that investigation did not have to happen today necessarily. And it's like, did you ever see people, like, where they don't want to do the job? Where, like, they're there, I got to do the job, but I'm not... Like, I'm not going to fucking raise my hand. I'm just going to pretend I don't see that shit. Or I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like I mean, do you ever see? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That, well, that was like, so day one, maybe we weren't all like Cunningham, but we were definitely ready to go do the thing, right? Yeah. So we signed up for whatever. But like, yeah, no, like I said, dude, I'll go take a break. Right. I mean, like, when it's all death, when, when you know I'm not saving anyone. That's There's it. no hope of fucking. Yeah, no, I'll go take a it's break. It's just drudgery. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's just hell. Yeah. And so yeah. that was it. It got like that. It was like, all right, sweet. Go take a break. Sweet. Right. Go the 18th ride. day. Yeah. The 19th yeah. day. The fuck. Like. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. That, like, this is not what I signed up for at all. Like, you not know? at all. No. And you definitely figured that out like pretty quick. Right. Like, you're like, dude, what in the fuck? Especially right. like when you start talking to these FBI people and the whatever, and you figure out like how much training and yeah. all that shit that they it's got. Like send another it's fucking like, group like, in. Dude, We're you're done. Fucking, you're an expert. What am I here for? Yeah, like we've done this shit already. Yeah. Like the three first three days excitement is over. Yeah. We're out. That's it. Yeah. Fucking, we'll see you on funeral duty. <laughs> like I can handle that more than this shit. Yeah. 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 What was it like? So. What so you started having bad dreams that made you aware of like like oh fuck I'm not maybe coping with this as well as I thought or or whatever I guess yeah you know what was your mindset going in like like I'm handling this fine I can handle this or was it like oh you no you have to you don't have a choice yeah no so that's it so it's like basically like go smoke dope yeah Friday hope you don't get drug tested Monday yeah right. Like have that have that release on Friday to look forward to, 
And I would think that they're humane enough to not drug test. No, no, in that. we got drug tests. I'm you guys fucking, did? Yeah, dude, I got fucking other than honorable discharge, buddy. I got kicked out for that shit by the time it was all over. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was like, you know, not even... Not even doing it a lot, man. That was really. Like, it wasn't just like a once, one time thing, or was it habitual? Where it was like every day, and then no, no, no. It was like point? it was like so. Me and that buddy specifically, like, had our thing. It was like, all right, Friday, and then we drink water all fucking weekend. Hope we don't get pissed as necessary on Monday, and then other than that, right? Like you're good. Mm-hmm. And it was like that one time, right? And you at least had that, you know. And, uh, no, just one, one of those times, man, we got popped on a Monday. Yeah. Popped on a Monday. So, so when did you start, when did the fallout start happening for you with this? Like, like, you know, I know you had dreams right away. You know, when did you realize like, I need to seek treatment for this. I need to fucking deal with this shit. Like, I mean, do you, did you walk around for years with this? No, no. So as soon as I, well, so I knew weed helped. Yeah. Period. That was why I did it. I smoked weed before I joined the military to deal with all of my shit. With your previous PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so for me, I already had the winning ticket. So then by the time I got out, it was like, all right, sweet. Let me just buy smoke dope. No big deal. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I do what I do now. Which, which, you know, so so I'll say this. The reason that I met you is because you came in to do, uh, you're going to do your own podcast. And it's, um, you have a, you have a company that, uh. It sounds like the shittiest or most macabre commercial of all time, but uh, but you have a brand called Cure Pure, and it's CBD that actually gets you high. Can we say that? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. It is fucking great. By the way, it's called the Enhanced Experience. It is fan. Did you try it, Tevin? It is. uh, So I have not tried the flower. Okay. You tried the gummy though. I, I took the gummies and I was like, you know what? This is gonna work. We're gonna try to flower tonight. I ran out of papers, but we're gonna we definitely gonna try to flower. I've been telling all my friends about it. And, it's uh, fucking amazing. It, you you sell an A plus just off the gum. So A plus to you. Sir. I felt like such an amateur. So and and just to explain that quick. So I guess you know I don't want to turn this into a commercial completely, no, but but good. but like basically you change something chemically so that it's still legal. It's CBD, but it gets you fucking high. Is there THC in it still? Technically, it's it's, it's called Delta Eight. Delta eight, and which is THC. Yeah, but so delta nine is what they regulate. Okay, delta eight, not they don't regulated. regulate. And it is fucking like so. He gave me gummies. I'm not. I was the Michael Jordan of drugs, but not mm-hmm. not weed necessarily. And I was just like, you gave me one. I said I was like, ah, I'm not feeling that much. I was eating, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had two. And I was on another planet. Like I mean, it was just fucking. Yeah. And I wrote. I've written so much stand up. Because of this shit. Like, I'm actually excited. Oh, nice. So, it, I like it's, it. I mean, I'm knocked out by it. And it's five bucks, whatever. So, we'll do a commercial in the run-up for this that we'll record yeah, later. Yeah. But that we'll put out. But if you if you like to smoke pot, or if you like CBD, certainly. But there's all kinds of great medicinal qualities and all that shit. He takes it for PTSD. It's really good for sleep. I take it for some deep psychological pain that I'm dealing with. That I, it's self, all self-inflicted, but still. Yeah. Um. No, it it I mean like it smells like weed, feels like weed. Like it's not like oh, this is just random bullshit. And it's all like vegan no, it's, shit it's, yeah, or whatever it, it, too, it, right? It seems like a high quality product. It is. It should No, he puts all the health ingredients on it and mm-hmm. yeah. No, I I was I mean truly. 
They're vegan gummies. Truly, I felt like a child at how like excited I was by it. I was like, "This is legal." <laughs> oh, when when I came into the studio, he like he has packs of gummies and all oil, whatever else. Tincture. It's just like, dude, you, you got to try it. This this is amazing. This is yeah. scripture. You got you you got to do it. I was excited. I mean, for real. So I'm glad you guys like it. So yeah, man. No, it's great. So we're excited by that, and uh, yeah. So um, we'll have a commercial for that for it's called Cure Pure. Or, yeah, Cure Pure Collective. And we'll have the website if you want to buy some on there. I cannot recommend it enough, especially if you enjoy getting high. <laughs> and uh, and buy it and put our name. We'll have the uh, Procon for the name code. Oh, yeah, that's fine, man. Go piss. I'm talking about getting high. And, uh, and I, like, I'm going to bring it for my father-in-law. Like, I'm like I'm all stoked about it. So, so yeah, it, and it's cheap. It's like five bucks for that pack of gummies or something like that's that. That's all it was? It was cheap, dude. It was super Jesus. cheap. Jesus. One of them got me high. I'm going to have to kick my dealer to the curb. Oh, fuck yeah. So, so yeah, man. Um, are there any other questions from the thing now that we got uh, another... He's on another piss break yeah. or nothing uh, no, compelling. There we had, and I'll throw her up because we try to throw all of our listeners up there. Uh, Jess Jaman had just a, when he was talking about the mask and how he gets a little PSD or whatever flashbacks, I guess, to having to wear a mask during the Pentagon, talking about just a mask suggestion where it's breathable. But uh, no. Okay, no, no, that's fine. No, no new comments. No, that's, um, no, that's, that's cool. So we can. Um, so thank you, Jess. Yeah. No, we can wrap up pretty quick after yeah. this, I think. So I, I think we're, I think, yeah, we're at, uh, we're at two minutes and 10 or two minutes, two, two hours, hours and 10 minutes, ten minutes right now. Um, but it, it, it's felt, it's felt good. And I didn't, I expected this. I don't know what I expected coming in. Yeah. But I f- felt like it was what you hear. Oh, he was on the Pentagon or at the Pentagon on nine 11. You felt like it was going to be more carnage and it's very much so carnage and dramatic, but it's not as, I guess, intense as I thought it was going to be. Huh. That sounds like a negative uh, vote. No, not, not yeah. a negative vote. Like I, this has been, yeah. this has been fun, but I like, cause when you think about like, Oh, it must've just been, if you would have asked me what I thought the Pentagon was like on nine 11, I would have said like everybody was on screaming. 10. It was just a hundred percent adrenaline. It was crazy. It was a lot like the movie, uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like that's the type of vibe that I thought it would have been. And he, whereas he's like, it was, Intense, but it was more of like a chill intense. If that, makes I think sense. that's that's part of it though too. Is is that it's like it's so fucked up. Like they they just traumatize these fucking kids, right? Like they right. just submit them to fucking shit, and it's just I don't know. It's just super fucking dark. Yeah. Um, no, and I yeah, I feel like, and he is just another military personnel that has elevated my level of respect for the people that serve our country because it's like i could never sorting through rubble and just picking up half of a face yeah no i'm not i'm okay i can't do that i ain't a half face motherfucker no. I, like I i'm full face or no face yeah yep no that's for sure um but yeah yeah so maybe we can even pick up um i want to hear about his bum stories and shit too yeah and and i have one like PTSD, I guess, related question. Okay. Yeah, let's ask that and we'll we'll wrap up for tonight and do and do another one or whatever later. Yeah. If you're cool with that, we'll do it like uh we've been on for two and a half or whatever over two hours. We so we'll like wrap up and no then worries. we can do yeah. another one or something about your bum shit and all that stuff too. Yeah. 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 We can get who is the I'm very interested in that. 
who was the and I hate to say bum, but like the transient who was a train rider? Do you remember him? Yeah, man. He, we'll get him. They can, name, they can share stories. We had this dude on who rode the rails for like years. And it's like there's never been an interview I was more excited for, but he just wasn't like you know, it was just tough to get him to talk about the things that we wanted to talk about yeah. in a sense. Like he you know, he see listen, he's a dude who rides the rails. He doesn't feel right. the world the same way that I do. So right. it was hard to get him and, to understand what And he rode the rails because he was like I see I get to see Colorado in the Rockies on some remote area yeah. that nobody's ever seen before. So he was more it almost just, felt like more of a was, scenic. Like he, he was, was just out there for a good time. Though. Yeah. Like but but he had fucked up stories. Mm-hmm. He just didn't want he wasn't amazed by that in a way. Whereas we're like some dude fucking chase you with an axe handle? Like, yeah. that'd be no, fucking we're very, crazy. We're right? very easy to impress. Yeah, we like yeah. the sensationalist fucking bullshit, I guess. Uh, but yeah. But no, or so, the psychological shit. But right. Yeah. And, anyway, and so go ahead. You me. talked about, like, having, obviously, PTSD and, you know, wearing a mask during all of this COVID outbreaks and stuff and pandemics. What is the biggest pair of tits you ever saw? That is 100% That's really where we need to go with this. I mean, I feel like you didn't answer that the first time, and I really want to know. I mean, we're talking Ds? I'm pretty sure she said she had double Ds. I'm pretty sure she said Did you find a tit in the rubble? (laughs) That's Uh, a valid question. She just found two pepperonis. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Is that what triggered your PTSD, that you didn't find a tit? No, it's too bad. No, I'm sorry. uh, when, When did you move to Minneapolis after... 9-11 uh so uh when i got out of the army we moved to vegas for two and a half years got uh three cars stolen we got check fraud for like 10 racks jesus oh. it was like you know vegas was fun <laughs> so so actually but, when you got so you got ejected from the army because of a drug test so does that take away like your benefits or anything like that gone and Jesus. it's because you'd smoke pot because you had PTSD because of the fucked up Hold shit on. that they subjected. Holy shit. So then when weed gets legalized in no, some states, are you going to like, are you going to fight to get your benefits? Because that's bullshit. So now you're kind of understanding what my entire crusade is really about. Like that's a hundred percent bullshit. We'll push it. We'll push it green. Like oh, like all of my friends that you know if they pissed hot or they got out because they were crazy or whatever. Like all of them are they're on disability. They all got their shit taken care of. Mm-hmm. They all went and got their discharges changed over. They you know which is easy to do right. Like if you go tell the story I just told to anybody, they're gonna be like, oh my god, yeah, right, yeah, no big deal, sweet. We'll give you the thing. I'm playing the long con on it. I'm just like I'm actually like working on the like the front of it trying to get it legalized right so that when it's all said and done and it's legal and then soldiers so like the real problem was like being in the military our first sergeant would say if you want to get drunk I'll buy you a gallon of liquor but if you piss hot I'm gonna go stand you in front of the man and kick you out the fucking army. I will not rest until Dick Cheney sucks your dick. <laughs> so, I am so fucking but, upset that that, that, for real, that is but so that is, But that is, for what you're saying, or that, is, that is exactly, exactly, like, what I'm yeah, actually, like, fucked. into it for is, like, the, the long things. So, like, philosophically, why did I smoke while I was in? Or why, like, when I first joined, man, I was young and I was dumb. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I made a, a lot of, like, bad decisions, right? I sold mm-hmm. drugs. 
Whatever. Hold on, you're a young man who made bad decisions. Lots oh, of them. My right. God. You're the and, only one. You know, joining the military was a bad decision, followed yeah. by many, many more thereafter. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so, so no. So I did, I did all the dirt, and uh, I like, I own it. It's fine. But like, as you were saying, the weed thing, it's going to go green, and then the people like me who are were on the wrong side of it for 20 or 30 or 40 yeah. or 50 or however many years. Think of the motherfuckers in jail time. Um, I said, do you get you back know, pay? They, that, that's it. I'm not worried about the back pay. I'm not worried about anything. For me, it's like the moral victory. Will well, be I'll a, campaign a for your back pay, and you could just forward that yeah, over to NBC Studios Professional Confession. Yeah. We'll yeah. But no, I was asked why you moved, where, when you moved to Minnesota, because you talked about obviously wearing a mask, and that kind of gave you yeah. a little flashbacks. And here we have a very high like Muslim population. Was that something and you don't come across as the type of dude that would be like, Oh, I don't like this demographic of people. Oh. But when you go or you're in that situation where that's where everybody's painting them as enemy. Number one, was it hard to move to a place that has a ha- large Muslim population? No, 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 no. I don't. I, I love Muslims for sure. Uh, especially one racist man. No, that's uh, like because I could. I wouldn't fault him. I wouldn't fault him for that. If like somebody's pounding in your head, like this is enemy number one, we got to go over there and fight people, and then you move to a place. You know? Yeah, well, and I mean, I think I let like the Hajis thing slip like earlier. I think yeah, I, I that yeah. might be that made me seize up a little bit. <laughs> that <laughs> might be that might be a little derogatory. Yeah, well, if there's it one is. thing that this show That's is, right. it's I, we're politically correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we no. had we had a fucking well, we had a, I, a Vietnam vet on who starts oh. saying the ch word or whatever, and it truly no, like hit me no. in the head. G, like G. Word? Oh yeah, G. Yeah, G. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was yeah, like, yeah, and I yeah, had yeah. to stop. I said, are you saying that as like to as an homage <laughs> to what you guys said back then? Or like it really made me uncomfortable. Like, and I'm generally like I can let that shit ride. Like he lived through a fucked up he thing. He put the cherry on top when he goes, the worst pilots were women. And he no, went that, was a, <laughs> that was a different dude. But you're right. Oh, yeah. That was the guy who started the top gun school. We had the oh, dude. yes, yes, yes. I, yes. I asked him the most people he killed or like. Like, how many people he thinks he killed? And he said, well, I had one bombing mission, and we killed 350 G-O, whatever. And I was like, oh. And I was like, do you ever, like, wake up or feel bad about that? No. <laughs> They're trying to kill us. Yeah. We're trying. Like, he was yeah, furious can. that I'd even fucking right. bring up Don't, the yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Don't disrespect that, him with that. That is the difference. That's one thing I found from all the military, like, interviews and shit. You talk to World War II, Vietnam kind of guys. There's at least most of them will say that there's like zero regrets. Well, because they, they, they were fighting the good fight. Vietnam? Well, no, we went. You know, well, no, Vietnam. I'd say Vietnam's very comparable they, well, to. Well, they they branded Vietnam as actually a war against like communism, yep. and socialism. So uh, you were fighting against an ideology, no and, doubt, and, an ideal. And so like communism had a hundred thousand heads under its, you know, yeah. like, I just think it's generational to like, to a degree where it's like, there wasn't the flow of information. People weren't as self-conscious in a sense. Right. And it's like, it was just easier to brainwash people. I mean, my grandpa Alvin stormed the beach at Normandy. Like, he had fucked up stories about storming the beach, right? And and he just was 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 of the mindset that it's like, he's he was angry at all government shit, 
because he's like, they told us that was the last war. Like yeah. he had that almost like simplistic, yeah. like they told, like, that's why we did that shit is yeah. that that was the last war, yeah. you know? And then they just go you're like, whatever. So wars will never end as yeah. long as there's money in it. Yeah. No, I know it makes me come. So anyway, I shouldn't have said that out loud, but anyway, um, thank you so much, man. Uh, um, thank you. We'll talk more. I hope. And uh, about at least more about the like the back end of it and your bum story. I'm I'm really fascinated with the fucking rail shit. I, I like really I love that shit. Um, so so thank you very much for coming on. Had a great time. It's the worst sounding thing here about your trauma, <laughs> but 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 for real. Like I mean I I just I I like people to hear this shit. I like you know I love how candid you were with it. So so yeah. Thank you for doing it, and um, I'll see you Monday. All right. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Thanks for everyone for watching. And, yeah, and um, uh, go to patreon.com slash profession confession. God, we're asking for money already. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's all right. We do. We, we got to pay bills for sure. Yeah, and if, then, you, if you want to see us another day, you better. That's right. And, and then also I'll say this too. Um, if you uh, comment on the thread and you have more questions for him that I didn't ask, feel free to ask it and I'll get the question to him and we'll have him answer mm -hmm. or whatever too. So yeah. if, if you we're going to be a lot better on our social media shit, yeah. right, Tevin? Oh, absolutely. I've already got a list of best of moments from this show that we're going to be cutting and putting up on our Instagram, nice. Facebook, all of that. Jesus, I'm blown um, away. You know what? If you comment on any of it and give Gabe an insult or a com compliment, compliment we will, uh, you know, we're going to send you, we're going to send you a gummy from Cure Pure because that's how we feel. Shout out we'll, Andy we'll Gabatino. Actually, fuck yeah, man. If you give to Patreon or something like that, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. figure something out. We yeah, we'll send you some fucking gummies. Yeah, let's do it. I'll, um, I'll send you some gummies if you want them just to try them. Just let me know. They're great. Cure Pure Collective. Mm -hmm. Dot com. Dot com. Tell your mom. She already knows. She got my number. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Be back.